3: to wrestling omakase it is episode number 192 uh this is the first of our two wrestle kingdom 15 uh live reaction shows as well so for the omakase patrons they got to listen to this live if they so wanted uh you know at 7 a.m on a on a monday so you know all of you who did tune in thank you very much uh no actually the, the number count is going up now so thank you for jumping on here um The patrons also got access to it for, uh, you know, the rest of the week early before it went up for the free feed. So if you want to catch, you know, future live events like this uh, and lots of other great content, too, uh, is patreon.com slash wrestling omakase. Not going to be labor to plug, though, because the people listening live already uh, are patrons, obviously. Uh, But, yes, we're here to talk about Wrestle Kingdom 15 Night 1, which I thought was a really good show. I mean, honestly, about as good as they could have done under the circumstances, I thought. I mean, you know, everything that needed to land, landed really strongly, I thought. Um, you know, the the atmosphere re- really was not as bad as I was expecting at all, but we'll get into all of that once I introduce my guests here, because we have a, whole, a full panel here. Uh, first of all, we have uh, the man Plugged today on the show, of course, Mr. Chris Samsa. Hi, Chris.
4: Oh, well, hello. Thank you for having me.
3: Uh, how are you doing today? Very tired I'm image. good. Oh, not that, not I, that tired. Just a little bit. I,
4: you know, I don't know. I don't really know. I don't know what tired feels like anymore.
3: But guys, <laughs> uh, well, yes, thank you for coming on. Uh, also here is also from Voices of Wrestling, John Hernandez. Hi, John.
0: Hey, John. How you doing? <laughs>
3: Pretty good. It was a wild night in the uh, Voices of Wrestling Slack as well at the show. Which maybe oh we'll yeah, talk about a wild I'm still night.
0: all kinds of fired up from it. But uh, I'm coming down. I'm, I'm currently. Uh, I'm hidden away in my terrifying basement uh, where there's nowhere to sit because it's the only place in the house where I won't wake somebody up so uh, I just wanted to say this fandom for Japanese wrestling is is horrible it's, mm-hmm. a, <laughs> it's a horrible <laughs> thing to get into. I can't believe I'm doing this <laughs> uh,
3: also I am I'm in the kitchen which I'm not normally in, so hopefully uh, we don't have any kind of uh you know. If there's any disconnects or internet problems, I apologize. I'm usually plugged into my router in my room, but I could not do that for this show because of, uh, you know, it's 7 a.m. My girlfriend's trying to sleep. Also, Joel Abraham from Super Jcast is not on the show, but he is in the chat and said hello. Hi, Joel. Uh, anyway, so also here we have Jeff. Hi, Jeff. Hey, John. Hey, what's up? Somebody's echoing, by the way. I think it might be Sorry. you. Sorry. Sorry. Hey. Yeah. Okay. Hi, Jeff. What's up?
5: Uh, not much. Hating Whites per the usual.
3: <laughs> Hating Whites. Uh, no, again, a joke that nobody is going to get. But, uh, that's Jay whites improv- no, J-Whites. <laughs> <J>. white's <laughs> it. Pop- it will pop me and anyone else on the Voice Wrestling Slack. Thank you. Thank you, Jeff, for coming on. And finally, no uh, also returning, who was on pretty recently, but uh, not from Voice of Wrestling, but from the Super j Discord. Uh, I guess we can say that's your that's your uh, home base. Mr. Liam yep. McCann. Hi, Liam. Hi, John. How are you doing? Pretty good. Very tired. Uh, Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, trying to try to power through it, you know. Yeah. Uh, What are you going to do? But we're here to talk about Wrestle Kingdom 15 Night 1. Uh, Just like last year, I think the best thing to do is start at the top and work our way down. Uh, It just seems like a better idea with, uh, you know, the... We'll probably have more energy at the start here, and I I know I'll definitely drop off by the end. So that means we'll start with the main event where Kota Ibushi defeated Tetsuya Naito uh, in thirty-one eighteen to become the uh, new IWGP heavyweight and intercontinental champion. Naito, for the second time, fails in his second defense. Uh, so Ibushi is now the 73rd heavyweight champion, the 27th intercontinental champion. He uh, beat him with the Kami go-e. Um I mean, I guess my overall thoughts on this match was it was outstanding. Um, we, we talked, we're going to talk a lot about, I think, the atmosphere and stuff and what you know, what it did and didn't do, you know, and, and, you know, I'll try there's some notes I had during, like, the match recap that uh, I really want to hit upon because, uh, you know, there was there was one moment in particular where they're, I guess I'll just bring it up now, they're, like, trading these elbows and this crowd is clapping so loud that, you know, the, these claps, like, echo around the dome and it created an entirely different uh, kind of reaction that, you know, you than you normally had in a, um, you know, in a normal Tokyo Dome. And it was like a, uh, you know, it was like a a totally different kind of, you know, like crowd noise you would normally get in a Dome show. So I thought it was a really cool moment where it's like, yes, obviously this sucks. You know, the whole situation sucks. We'd rather have a full Dome and cheering people. But it was really cool to get a, you know, a different kind of moment than you would normally get in a Tokyo Dome. Um, You know, the atmosphere in general, I thought really kind of held up a lot better than I thought it would you know I I was really scared that the the crowd would not be able to you know make any noise but they you know they they clapped extremely loud you know especially for this match it felt like they saved their clapping hands up all match long or all night long and really like let it fly during this match and you know there were times where they broke the protocol and you know even made you know like audible reactions uh, that happened in the semi in the semi main as well but yeah I mean just you know the crowd I thought was way better than I was expecting And, you know, these two had an outstanding match, and, you know, they really um, delivered a Tokyo Dome-worthy main event, uh, you know, in the the hardest of circumstances. I mean, it's not my all-time favorite match of theirs. There's others that I still slightly prefer, but this was like a four and three-quarter star match, like an absolutely outstanding match and definitely worthy of being a dome main event. Uh, I guess before I get into any specific uh, spots or anything, what did you think of the match overall, Chris? What were your thoughts?
4: well i enjoyed i enjoyed the hell out of it i've um i'm kind of the resident kota Ibushi fan i guess one of one of many i'm sure but um to see him finally get the win on night one in tokyo dome against naito uh you know a series that i re-watched through um just yesterday i watched all all eight of the previous matches while i i put stuff together um and th- those guys they they have such good chemistry and it's violent and nuts, but, like, it's what they want to do. So, like, I'm not going to be the safety police for it. They beat the hell out of each other. And the, you know, the moment that sticks out for me is is the moment at the end where Naito hands Ibushi the belts, you know, which is so different from Naito losing the belts to evil. And... You know, I, I think I I don't know I don't think it's a passing of the torch or anything like that. I just think it's it's respect, right? And it's 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 a really cool relationship that these two have, where they can drop each other on on their heads for whatever thirty five minutes, whatever it was tonight, and still you know have respect for each other. So that's a really cool, very kind of neat New Japan relationship that I I don't think has ever gotten it. Um, it's never gotten quite the shine that that it should and i think it was cool to see it in the main event on january 4th
3: yeah i mean i thought it was uh you know just just like you said to have like this big important feud be a dome main event now it was really really cool and you know really the the only one left i guess for nato that uh hasn't gotten a dome main event uh is nato omega but i don't know about the chances of that happening anytime soon uh, John what did you think of big major, big picture thoughts I guess on this Naito Ibushi match
0: uh, I liked it a lot you know there are things about it so like both the 2019 matches they had are like all timers for me right and obviously those had full crowds but those had like you know a shorter run time and different expectations because they were intercontinental title matches and I had to adjust a little to you know the expectations of in length and like grandiosity of a dome IWGP title match, but I think they did a great job, uh, you know, filling in that space, dealing with the crowd, uh, huge like holy shit moments throughout the match, and I'm glad you brought up those um, the clapping to those elbows was such like a tremendous moment to me. Each of those elbows sounded like thunder crashing with the way the uh, the crowd was clapping, like individual claps at each of those elbows and stuff like that. Uh, that was real special. I thought it was a great match.
3: Uh, yeah, I, mean, I definitely agree. Like the elbow thing really stood out to me as like an example of the, you know, the the crowd reaction just being very different, but not in a bad way in that moment at least. Jeff, I guess, big picture thoughts on Naito and Ibushi. Uh,
5: I mean, obviously the match was great. I mean, I don't, I'm not going to say anything about that that anyone hasn't already said. Um, I am not the resident Ibushi stan, ironically, because I think he's just too. I don't want to say too perfect, but that's kind of the gist, right? He's good at everything. He's annoyingly good looking. There's nothing to like cling to in terms of a flaw. So I just, I guess, I find myself detached from him as a character. Uh, I mean, and that's, obviously,
3: that's, I... that's how I feel about Okada. Honestly. More than
5: the same, same, both <laughs> actually, but uh, I'm and I'm obviously an unabashed, you know, Naito fan. So it stings a little, but I, I think everyone knew it was coming. It's not like I didn't have. Time to prepare for it. The match itself was great. These two have fantastic chemistry. Uh, I don't know why they are so hell bent on killing each other. Uh, it's it's a very weird dynamic they have that could only really make sense in the context of a New Japan ring, and definitely worth staying up to watch. It was great.
3: Yeah, and I, I guess from the Nitro fan perspective, obviously, uh, I'm a bit of a Nitro fan myself. Uh, the you know, the whole thing, like you said, we, we kind of knew he was losing. I think it was pretty obvious uh, at least to at least to me. You know, I think a lot of people felt the same way. And there was one moment in the match where uh, I thought for a second, like, ah, maybe he will actually win this thing, and I'll get to it in a sec. But like, my whole vibe going into it was like, I don't know if I'm gonna, I don't know if I would like it if Naito wins. Like, it would be almost like the opposite, being on the opposite side of Wrestle Kingdom 12, right? And being like, you know well i got to you know these abuji fans are all desperate to finally get their moment here at with the title and you know i have to be the one who's like ha ha fuck you my guy won and it's like i don't know if i want to do that you know i mean i don't know if uh if i really want to really want to be in that position so i really don't mind Naito losing this uh i do think the you people die or
5: live long enough to become a lanza
3: yeah uh, I do think the people, <laughs> I do think the people here who, uh, you know, oh, can he tweet in Japanese? As a uh, Joel Abraham just reported. Uh, <laughs> anyway, what was I going to say? But yeah, I do think the people who think like, oh, Nitro passed the torch to Ibushi, and now he's gonna uh, ride into the sunset and run right into the sunset, and he'll never be seen again. I just kind of think that's not true at all, and I think they're pretty clearly building to a. Uh, Naito Okada at the Dome next year is one of the main events. Uh, you know they've already been taking shots at each other, at interviews and stuff, and it just seems very obvious to me. So you know I don't really expect Kota to be a super long term champion, uh, and I don't really think he's. Uh, you know I think the title or the G One or something is going to go back to Naito this year, and they'll be doing Naito Okada next year. But I don't know. Maybe that's just wishful thinking on my part. But that's how I feel right now. And you know even if it doesn't happen, he had his moment. It's not like I'm. You know, I don't begrudge the Ibushi fans getting their moment too.
5: Right. There were there are a lot of uh, friends of mine who are really invested in the Ibushi story, and that's something that I think can only really happen in New Japan, right? Like how I the way people get attached to like your Ibushi's, your Tanahashi's, your Naitos. uh, I think it's a very it's very exclusive to New Japan. I would I just in New Japan in general, and so seeing you know like uh, booze from the Super J Cast Discord or you know. Mike from the side, seeing those people kind of get their guy finally to see good to see them over
1: the hump. You know, it, it's it's nice,
3: yeah. Uh, Liam, any, I guess, big picture thoughts or anything else on what we've been talking about? So, first thing, I think this is a very good match.
1: Um, this is where I sort of put my stick in the drink a little bit. So, I don't really have much of an emotional investment with Naito, and I have zero emotional investment with Abushi, and so for that, I think that makes that hurts Mind my enjoyment you. of this match a lot. Um, I think they've had better matches in the past. Um, the G One Twenty Seven match, uh, I think it was like Night One, is like an excellent, outstanding match. I really love their New Japan Cup Twenty Nineteen match. Um, I don't think this match hit the heights of either of those matches, um, in my personal opinion, anyway. I, I really struggle with Ibushi as a character. I really struggle with him, like as Jeff was going was saying, like there's something about that character arc and sort of like how he's portrayed, especially in comparison with Tanahashi, which I think really hurts him in my eyes. I think think he he comes off to me as like sort of like a slightly less charismatic, less relatable Tanahashi, and that really like I'm not really drawn into his like ascent up the mountain as a result. And so watching this match, I thought it was like you know a very good match, Um, and like actually I actually thought it was like notably less dangerous than a couple of other matches in the past. Which is like I'm not a safety police member, but I thought that was a little nice to see, I guess. Um, But, like, when Ibushi, like, I think there's also, like, some big flaws in this match, uh, I as a result from, like, the way it was constructed and some of the story points that happened as a result. Um, But, like, seeing Ibushi win, and I actually kind of didn't think he was going to win. I think the way he was portrayed coming out of G1 and sort of in those Korakans, he came was like, a little bit, like, a bit cold to me. So seeing him, like, have that victory and have that moment of, like, ascending to the top and, you know, winning the big championship, like, it's a nice moment for an Ibushi fan. It's a nice moment if you're a Naito fan who's invested in the Naito food. feud. For me, who's a really big Jay White guy, who's an Okada guy, I'm like a little, I left a little cold by this story, personally.
3: Yeah, that's fair. And I, I agree that they didn't do a great job building Kota up, but it still felt really obvious to me that he was going to win because it's like, NATO has no story with Jay White and Kota does. So that's, I guess, where... Well... It... Sorry, go ahead. I
1: think I think, I think think Jay White has stories with both of them. But I think the mm. big story is Jay and Kota.
3: Yeah. I mean, yes, at this like, moment, it, I guess it didn't feel like he had a yeah. big story with Naito, but yeah, like
1: watching the Corridons at the um, like in December, this felt like a weirdly cold match going in.
3: Yeah, I mean the crowd, the crowd though, fucking was more yes. up for this than anything on the entire show. So clearly, it didn't, well, yeah, it clearly it didn't, clearly it didn't uh, impact their enjoyment at all. So I mean, yeah. I you know I, anyone who watches this and is like, oh, I don't, Naito and Kota or not, yeah, I, I just don't know. On what planet you'll be watching this match and I think they're both enormous stars. Now, Mm -hmm. my hot take I will give here is at the end of this match when Naito uh, passed the belts to Coda, it was very WrestleMania Six to me with Naito as Hogan and Coda as the ultimate warrior. And it's like... The vibes to me were still like, okay, Tetsuya Naito is still obviously the bigger star, even though he lost this match and handed this man the belt. So just I don't know. It's just the vibe I got and obviously I'm very biased towards Naito, even though I do love Koda quite a bit too. But that
5: was I, I don't think that's unfair though. Yeah. I mean I mean someone I else mean, said. Naito, it too, is so. yeah. Naito is the bigger star. And I mean, I think if you were going through, you know, like the mountain of New Japan in terms of who has the star power, Ibushi even with the title. I wouldn't say it's like an evil world title reign, but he's not he's not a bigger star than Okada, he's not a bigger star than Naito. Um, until the day Tanahashi retires, he may be higher on the card, but he's not a bigger star than Tanahashi. So it's it's unfortunate that Ibushi is as great as he is, he's never actually going to get like the chance to be the guy. It just won't work out for him. Well we went through He's never going to exceed the popularity we- of like a
3: yeah, we went through his uh his title reigns with the KOD and DDT on, uh, on the D T interview show we did on the Patreon last week, and it's like they're all ninety days or less, and he's like very much a, I don't know, he feels like a chase, not a chase guy, not like a, you know, as in it's all in the chase for him, and not really all in like title reign. So I don't know. I don't know if yeah. he's gonna be I mean I'm not saying he maybe he'll maybe he'll hold the fucking titles all year long for all I know. Mm. But <laughs> I, really, no, won't. I, really, I think
5: he loses it to Jay tomorrow or he loses it to I, Osprey and Soccer yeah,
3: I don't think he loses to Jay tomorrow, but I think he loses I think he goes to Soccer Genesis. That's that's my best guess too. But uh before we get into that, let's get into the some notes from the actual match. Um so I think like, you know, some of the some of the stuff they did, I mean they they you know, there was some really crazy stuff. They they started off very slow to the point where I actually kind of thought, huh, maybe uh I think Joel was pushing the the uh sixty minute draw theory a lot and I saw other people pushing it and I was starting to think, huh, maybe uh maybe they are gonna do a sixty-minute a draw here. But the, the slow period didn't last that long and you know they started doing more stuff pretty quickly. Um, you know, there's a German suplex on the ramp um there was this really like very subtle little spin counter that Naito did where he like almost like do si to end of into the ropes instead of an Irish whip uh like no one else ever really does that it looked it looked really great I thought uh and then of course right after that he took the the opposite of subtle he took a bump right down directly on his neck uh for a lariat on the apron which like I saw people on Twitter like cringing and stuff and it's like you are like a little baby i don't know what to tell like, why like you're if if you're gonna go that cringe that much from one lariat on the apron it's like of course he's gonna land directly on his neck this man would land directly on his neck for a you know an apron lariat on a road to korakin or something or uh a fucking, he'd probably do it for a house show in kanagawa i mean just that's just tetsuya naito so you, i don't know if these people thought they were watching uh you know i thought the first ibushi also was like well let me land on my dick too i guess and landed right on his neck for a neck breaker off the apron. Uh, you know, Naito was, like, laying on these elbows after the 15-minute call, which the first 15 minutes of this flew by. I mean, the entire match did, really. Uh, and Koda was doing a great job selling them like death. And then Abushi hits this insane Rana off the apron to Naito that he just goes flying for, uh, like, crashes leg-first into the railing, Looked looked like uh just, just fucking crazy. Leads to a really great count-out tease. Uh, and then, you know, they get up to, like, the 25-minute call. uh There's, like, a... Well, before that, there's a reverse Rana off the top rope. And then Naito reverse the Kamigoe attempt from Kota straight into the counter-destino. They pulled that off perfectly. I mean, like, just perfect timing there. That gets a two-count. uh Ibushi comes back with the, the Gonzo Bomb or the Bastard Driver, whatever the hell it's called. Just drops Naito straight down his neck uh, again, 25-minute call at that point, flew by, and then we had the big elbow exchange I already talked about, uh, Naito hits, like, this big rolling capo kick, Ibushi comes back with a huge short-arm lariat, then gets a powerbomb and rolls Naito straight to the Goe. that was a really cool spot, but I also kind of never thought huge pinning Naito there, so was not really shocked when Naito kicked out, uh, and then Kota tried to go for the Phoenix Splash, and it missed, uh, I don't. I want to actually ask you, Chris, because you're a huge Ibushi fan. When I, when he missed that Phoenix blast after hitting the Kamigoi and covering him, were you like kind of nervous? Because uh, to me, like I was thinking, huh? I wonder if that's his missed Stardust Press from like Naito missing the Stardust Press in 2018, leading to his doom against Okada. That definitely went through my head.
4: Yeah, it crossed my mind certainly, um, but it didn't feel like it was at the same moment. Right, It didn't feel like it was the same swell of the, of the match, so it didn't send me into a frenzy, but I, it certainly <laughs> crossed my mind. I was like, oh, okay. This is what we're doing.
3: Uh, believe me, I know that I know that feeling. Uh, Koda <laughs> hits a high kick, goes for another goe, hits it again. Nigel kicks out a second time, and I'm like, that's why I was like, holy shit, is he gonna win this? But we get the 30-minute call, and then Kota dragged him into a third goe or tried to, Naito countered when Enzigiri, hit Valentia, uh, just did like a roar to the crowd and went for the full wind-up Destino, but Kota caught him on his shoulder, and then Naito ends up back on his feet, but Kota hits the step-up knee attack. Finally, a third Kamegoi for the pin, which I thought was like a perfect finish, just the way he just catches Naito with that, that knee, and it helped that both those knees look brutal, and just, you know, that's it. I mean, Naito couldn't do anything at that point. Uh, and then we talked, I already talked about the Hogan Warrior vibes at the end. Uh, and then Jay White comes out the end to cut a promo to a very unimpressed-looking Kota Ibushi. Uh, so Jay, uh, the people listening to this as the our regular weekly episode, or well, I don't know why I said Jay. Uh, Liam, the people who are listening to this as our regular uh, Omakase episode will already know the answer to this. But for the people live, uh, is Jay White defeating Kota Ibushi tomorrow? I know you're the big Jay White fan. Get, get, um, on, get on the record. Come on.
1: Um... I think the answer is. Do you want me to put a number again or do you just want like a yes no? A yes no. I'm going to say yes.
3: Okay. And that, now that you said yes, what's the percentage?
1: Um, I'm going to say it's like 65%.
3: Okay. Wow. I don't
1: think it's super strong, but I feel like, like as you said before, Kodorobushi is better as a chaser, not as the big champ.
3: But a day? The,
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, so the problem is. Um, you, if you do a day long rain, you kind of kill Kodobushi's heat. Yeah, I. Th- but but <laughs> yeah. I also think like like I totally think that's the truth. I think that's true. But I also think that is exactly the thing that New Japan would do. They would take this moment of like having they did this last year. Um, take this moment of having like this incredible emotional high, and then they cut it off underneath you. Remember last year, you didn't get a roll call.
3: Yeah, which is, I, which, which, you is why, think, which is why which is why Naito's still going to win another Tokyo Dome event Pro.
1: Well. I did well. I don't know about that either, but I I just feel like there's a fairly high chance at the moment that New Japan would take the route of like, okay, you've hit this high point. Now we're gonna sweep what's going on, what like sweep things underneath you. But then there's also like the counterpoint of like, okay, is Jay turning babyface? Is Jay getting kicked out of Bullet Club on Dash? You know, all that sort of stuff as well, which I think is like a intriguing counterpoint that would require him to lose. But I still think he's
3: winning. Okay. Uh, Anybody else think that Jay White is winning tomorrow? If you do, jump in. Uh, Nobody's jumping in, so I assume the answer is... Jay White is
5: winning tomorrow, John.
3: Okay. You really think so? No.
5: I mean, I definitely think there's a chance. I think there's a much uh, higher chance than you do. Only because the company this year has been pretty heel-heavy, and I just think there might be... there's a bit of parody there because there's so many programs for both of them going either direction. Like Jay White has a whole fresh slate of programs. Coda has a fresh slate of programs with the title. Um, But it's now or later, right? So, and I boot, and I, again, so do I think Ibushi is, I, I don't know. It just feels like one of those, like, and this could be because my mind is poisoned by like WWE, Right but like this the idea of a short, short reign just doesn't strike me as something that's impossible. And the way this is set up feels like it almost might be inclined towards that, because it doesn't make sense for him to just... I, Jay, if Jay White loses, I know he's made, but he does kind of feel like a bit of a
3: schmuck. But now if he turns babyface in like two seconds and gets kicked out of bull Club.
5: I mean, yeah. I, yeah, you're on something there. So I think if he loses, he has to because his heel character's kind of spent at that point.
1: I mean, the question is like: Are there more compelling challenges for Abushi as a babyface, or are there more compelling cha- challenges for White as a heel? Recognizing that there's not really been any big long heel runs um, with the, the title in quite a long time. Like AJ was the last big long heel champ.
3: Was that that, that was? But he only had like one defense. I think, oh, even, even though the days what? looks kind of long, he only had like one defense. Right. Yeah. 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 Because the way they the way they structured those shows and they were made of man with the intercontinental, they don't do yep. big long heel runs. Is it that? have This era, they've never had one. Like the mm-hmm. longest AJ one, I believe is like 120 days, but he only has one defense. So I'm going to look it up yep. real quick. But I'm almost true, positive that's true. Because uh, he he wins it from Okada, or not Okada. He, went from, he wins it from Tanahashi. Uh, because the longer one is the second one, I think. Let's say okay at WGP heavyweight. Uh okay yeah the set oh no the first one's 163 days okay and okay so it's two defenses but one of them is against Okada and Michael Elgin at Ring of Honor show uh, yeah so yeah. who gives a shit uh, yeah. and the second one the <laughs> the second one uh, the 144 day one yes his only defenses against Kota Ibushi and at Invasion Attack which is what I remembered so mm. yeah so he's not they don't I mean the most like I said the most he that that two defenses with one of them being a weird ROH three way is the yeah. the most defenses by a heel in this era so but yeah i don't know it's not they they really love the one defense and zero defense heel reigns
1: yeah and i just kind of wonder whether they feel there's more juice in the abushi babyface run or in the white heel run yeah that's the, that's the question and i feel like they're like even though i really want white to turn babyface personally um i feel like there's still more juice there yeah to sort of pull out
3: it's fair uh, but I guess we'll wait and see. You know, I don't really. I mean, I, I, I would put it like a five percent for White. Like that's how strong I feel that you Kota's know, gonna win. But
4: well, no, nobody's ever won Tokyo Dome main events on two consecutive days. That's true. So there's <laughs> there, there it is. is right true. off the top of my head, didn't even have to look it up.
5: Hey, true. you know what? Kota Ibushi has never beaten Jay White in the Tokyo Dome. So I mean,
1: and you really, I think that. this is a luck you all know that the um the breed winner almost always wins at the Tokyo Dome right
5: yes
3: almost yeah. always almost always. almost yeah. always yeah. uh
5: one out of eight times so I mean you know
3: some that was that was some funny shit that tweet people haven't seen it that was uh people were like oh Jay Wright's gonna win and Dakota Bush is gonna go to AW and it's like they'll, they'll never let it die uh John I
5: regret I f- not keeping the gates a little harder all those years ago anyway
3: <laughs> John uh I don't think we've heard from you for a while so any final thoughts I guess on any of this NATO. too Abushi or Bushi White Staff.
0: Well, I mean, as far as what happens tomorrow, I think the biggest tell is that they're just not going to want to add Kota Abushi to that video package before the title matches for a one-day title reign. It's just not worth the effort to plug that image in. So that's what I'm going with <laughs> for, <laughs> for making that prediction. Uh, so I feel like Kota Abushi wins tomorrow. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Circling back uh, to to this match one thing that i think someone touched on at some point was uh i feel like kota abushi really uh went through a greater effort than he ever has before to believe it or not in this match preserve his neck uh the uh the german suplex on the ramp he takes the full flip the uh the poison rana he takes the full flip so he doesn't land on his neck he's uh he's preserving that neck for a long title reign i think <laughs> so uh yeah, yeah, I think Ibushi wins tomorrow, and um, I don't know. I'm exhausted. This match was good.
3: <laughs> <laughs> um, the, uh, one of the Someone in the live chat, High Fly Flow, said, is the Kenny run a heel? Which is a good question. Uh, I'm going to say no. I'm going to say the Kenny run, of course, was uh, beyond the realm of human comprehension because Kenny cannot be defined by these pro wrestling terms like Bayface and heel. Obviously, he's making high art. So, you know, cannot call him Should either.
5: not be defined by heel, he, face, he, or royalty
3: he, check. He said he, well, he said he was a tweener, and I'm going to take him at his word. He did not appear to know what a tweener is during that run. But no, in my head, he's, that run was a tweener. And he, he did have two defenses, so that would be another one, I guess, tied with the AJ run. Because he beat Ishii uh, at distraction, and he won that horrible three-way. Uh, but yes... Anyway, so let's move over to the next match, finally, because uh, we can't go, th- we cannot go this long in every match, but, you know, the main event deserves a lot of time. Uh, semi-main event, Kazuchika Okada defeats Will Ospreay in 35-41 with the Rainmaker, so it went longer than the main event. Um, I have a lot of thoughts, I guess, on the, the way this wrapped up the storyline, more so than the actual match. I mean, I thought the match was pretty great. I mean, I'm not... You know, I admit it on Twitter, like, these are two wrestlers I have no emotional connection to at all. Probably, like, a negative emotional connection to. Just, you know, just I really don't care what either of them, ever, what either of them do ever. So it's not going to land with me the same way it's going to land with some other people. But even then, I could tell it was a really good match. I mean, you know, they just did a lot of stuff. <laughs> I mean, a lot of it was very cool. Um, you know, Will Ospreay pretty much kept the goofiness to a minimum. I mean there were a couple moments uh when there was one moment where Okada was like hitting him with elbow shots to the gut and Osprey was saying and I quote, Oi Oi and I don't really know what the like why he was selling elbows to the gut by yelling oi. Uh, it was very weird. And then I really thought the his faces in the money clip looked goofy as hell. Uh this apparently is controversial. I tweeted out like something about like the money clip uh or oh, Osprey's faces, and i'm I think I treated like uh Osprey's faces in the money clip uh, I was looking forward to them, and I didn't disappoint or they didn't disappoint and then uh you know i I think half the people who replied or quote treated that thought I was being serious and thought they were great, and the other half of the people you know knew that I was kidding and saying you know they were horrible, so you know well os well osprey facial expressions I guess are like a fucking Uh, what are those called, like Rorsoft tests or something, where it's like anybody can see whatever they want in them. I see a goofball uh, who doesn't know how to sell. Lots of other people think he's great. Uh, I don't know what to say there. But, I mean, I still gave the match four stars. I still thought it was pretty awesome. Uh, But I am, you know, even at four stars, I think I am the low person. So before I go into uh, my problems with the long-term storyline, I guess, why don't you go ahead. uh, I'll start with you this time, Liam. What did you think of the... Okada and Osprey match. Um,
1: in short, I thought this was a really good match. It was probably the match of the night. I actually have like very little say about it, though. They did every move. Um, <laughs>
3: they did do every move ever invented. Um, true.
1: It was nice to see a rainmaker. The crowd, the crowd, pop when the rainmaker hit. I thought it was awesome. Um, and B Priestley almost ruined this match for me with her ringside screeching.
3: (laughs) I saw someone say she's as bad as like Paul Heyman now. So I guess Paul Heyman really screams a lot. Yeah, it's It's
1: really distracting. It's really like so. I'm like downstairs right at the moment, and my housemate walked in while I was watching this match, and he like went out to the kitchen, and he was like, "Who is that screaming? She's so loud." I'm like, "Oh, this is one of those embarrassing wrestling watching moments that I'm not going to live down for quite a while."
3: Well, there you go. But, you know. <laughs> uh, what did you think, Jeff, of this match?
5: Uh, the match was great. I mean, I'm personally not very high on Okada. Uh, he can still go, clearly. Uh, I'm unfortunately going to have to take the L on the idea that he has. Well, I think he's still regressed in terms of like how often he can do this. But he can still clearly do this.
3: See, I thought um, he just didn't give a shit about his... I mean, I never. I I do think they they gave him that year off on purpose, you know, right. and to let him heal his injuries. Because if you watch that G one, the video, he G1, hurting, yeah, the G one twenty nine video he did, the I think it was called Vanishing Point. I mean, you could see him like barely able to get out of bed. But like as far as you know, he can clearly still do it if when he really has to. And you yeah. know, maybe all that time fucking around, Ujiro let him heal up a bit.
5: Yeah, and that yeah, and that's for the best. I mean, because this was a hell of a match. uh Osprey, so I'm not as sold on the presentation. I don't think Bay ba adds anything at all.
3: I think it I, is, just don't. I think it's B, by the way.
5: B, okay. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't watch any of it. So I, just, I, I don't know who she is, but uh, I don't think she adds anything to the presentation really for him. I could be crazy. Uh, I just didn't really see that. And it's weird, because I think there are some performers where it does genuinely add something. I just didn't think it did for him specifically. But um, Though that could be due to some, that that could be due to some own. I'm trying to think how to word it. Could be due to some of the drama surrounding Osprey. So.
3: Yeah, I mean, look, I don't really. I think the B thing is fine. I mean, other than the fact that, you know, I don't. I don't want to get into everything with him, and I, we've been right. through that a million times. I all, don't need all I, it. all I will say is. Um, you know, I I do think that it adds something there. I don't I don't really think it detracts at least, except for maybe I don't they, think it detracts. maybe they maybe like Liam said they screamed a little bit too much, but uh, I I, yeah. Anyway, um, yeah,
5: but I, I so I guess my long form thoughts. I do think Osprey looks like a star. I mean, I I, I think he's going to be sticking around, uh, obviously at the top of the card for quite a while. I mean, he'll probably
3: no. he'll probably win the title.
5: I think so. I think it's this year. Yeah, yeah. um, and I think that was. I think this was probably his biggest match in New Japan. He clearly performed... To me, this is probably my favorite Osprey match in New Japan, even if I don't think it was his best match. Because he did something different here. This wasn't every Osprey match I've ever seen. He had a lot more... violence. He was just... He was frenetic. He was... he was When he was hitting things, it wasn't like going through the motions. It just felt more raw and intense and it kind of translated with okada too it was a different kind of match from both of them and i i really enjoy it as a mix-up from what they usually do Uh, it wasn't the match i was expecting but i'm definitely happier with what i got than what i was expecting so yeah mixed feelings on this but it was a great
3: match uh what did you think of it john
0: yeah i uh i liked it a lot i mean like Jeff said, I had completely different expectations for it. Um, I really loved their G1 match. I super loved it uh, with, with like that finish and everything. Uh, it was in uh, my top 10 New Japan matches for the year. And what I love about these two normally is that Osprey makes current day Okada pick up the pace. But Okada kind of balances that Osprey match style down. And I thought we were going to get just a long form version of that and this wasn't that at all. And also like Jeff said, you got to give Osprey credit. If you're one of the people who says he only has one kind of match because on the biggest stage, this was not an Osprey match. And, uh, I'll save all my thoughts
3: about the rainmaker thing for
0: after you get to it. And I'll pretend we haven't already talked about it.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I I just wanted to give everybody a chance, I guess, to, to get through the match first before I go into that. So, uh,
0: but one thing before I before I forget, uh, the best way I could describe Will Osprey's face in the money clip is when I saw it, I was like, "That's a guy getting dragged out of a bar by a bouncer who's choking him too hard," which is the highest compliment I can give to someone selling a chokehold in a wrestling match. <laughs> I think I think <laughs> I think you nailed it. Uh, yeah, I like the match a lot.
3: Any. Uh, Eddie... Anything to add here, Chris, about the match?
4: Uh, I liked it. I liked the Osprey video package before the match, too. I think it just, like, really sealed the deal on what this new persona is. So I I thought that was really good. I think the, you know, the visual of, you know, the assassin even getting crossed out. So um, not even just removing Ariel from from the moniker. So... I think that we are seeing a new Osprey, and I think we saw that in the ring tonight. So a new, different style, um, maybe something that he can get some more longevity out of, um, stretch his career out, and, and really establish himself as a as a heavyweight. So and I, I think this was really just the first step, which is why I don't think um, we saw him get the big win.
3: There you go. Okay, so here's what I'm going to say about the Okada thing, because the part that I found really unsatisfying, and which I guess... Maybe took the rating down a little bit for me, but also just like, I, I don't, I don't really like. People say this Money Club story was great, and you know, uh, I, I get why they did it from a standpoint of, you know, in in real life, right? Not in kayfabe. I get why they did it from a, from a standpoint of, you know, uh, Okada had kind of gotten a little I mean, the rainmaker had been kicked out of like crazy lately, so we, you know, here you reestablish it as a one hit KO. You know, I get that. Also, the money clip matches let Okada take some months off compared to his normal style and, like, have a much easier G1 and, you know, the summer and stuff, I let him do something different. I get that. I still do not think it was a good story. I still don't think they ever explained from a kayfabe standpoint why this character would do this. He basic His only explanation for this was basically, you know, I want to do something different. I want to challenge myself and... Uh, you know, I just... People don't like it too bad. He never explained why he just suddenly decided to stop using his deadly finisher that pinned everybody, you know, went up against. Like, he got him to the top of the company, uh, you know, a million times over. It just doesn't... They never gave a satisfying explanation. And, you know, fine, he wants to use... He wants to use this money club to mess around with u But it never made any sense that he would not just go back to the Rainmaker in the G1 Climax... With a chance to meet him at the Tokyo Dome on the line when it was clear the money clip was not gonna get the job done. And, you know, then to to bust out the remaker here in a non-title match, yeah, to the Tokyo Dome. And I guess the idea is maybe that oh he's so mad at Osprey, he decides to do it. It just felt like such a poor ending. Like I really thought they were gonna have Osprey win this, and then, you know, Okada's gonna have to go back to the Rainmaker. Uh you know, to beat him in some big match, like a, you know, even like a New Japan Cup final or a G1 match or a title match or something. It's just like he beats him in a non-title match with this Raymaker. Maker. It makes the entire thing just feel so fucking cheap and, you know, just so pointless. And just feels pointless at the end of it. Like, why did we have this storyline where this man refused to lose, use his own finisher for six months? Why should I feel sympathetic to that character? Or why should I... Uh, you know, you know, basically, why should I like that character more for giving himself this disadvantage on purpose, and then just being like, ah, "I guess I'll go back to the Raymaker and uh, to beat this guy in a match that isn't for anything." It just, I, it, it just really did not work for me at all. Uh, you know, if people here listening liked it, I'm, you know, I think that's I'm happy for you. I mean, we can all like different things, but I just thought this storyline was one of the worst things they've done in this era. Just not, not good at all and john i know you i guess kind of agree with me so i guess you can go ahead and uh... (laughs) oh yeah I'm,
0: i'm dying to get in on this one so the way that i look at it is imagine you didn't watch the g1 you didn't watch this all happen right and someone had to tell you what took place how this story played out essentially what they'd be telling you is okada loses his title and then decides to make things more difficult for himself. Not
3: not immediately, by the way. Like six, right. months, like five months later after the, the, the uh, COVID stop, he she used the Rainmaker to beat Chi in February.
0: Oh, yeah, exactly. So for, so for no, apparent so no
3: apparent reason. You can't even put, point to that timeline for it to make sense.
0: And, and then the, the, the big wraparound, the big finale of the arc, is he just gets tired of doing that and decides to go back to doing what he did for the rest of his career uh I someone just told me that without me it, it was just an exercise in the guy showing you he could like form an arc out of anything I guess but it didn't mean anything so when the when the rainmaker happened at the end I know that was supposed to be a big moment like I understood that but I didn't give a shit I just thought you know I'm glad he's using that move again. Yeah, I mean it's <laughs> like, wow,
3: when you use your move, that's great. I guess, cool. Instead of cool, it doesn't, yeah. and it certainly doesn't help that the the move he replaced it with, the money clip, fucking sucked. It was like one of the right. worst submission fears I've ever seen. So so
0: it, so, Will's whole thing ends. Will, you know, his whole story with Okada ends essentially with Okada getting bored of the game he was playing. Yeah, <laughs> real powerful stuff.
3: And he's <laughs> and he again is a baby face, so I don't know, just uh there you go uh Joel, I Joel, Joel, really yeah. That, yeah Joel in the chat did say devil's advocate maybe Okada believed the bunny clip was a more effective move it did, uh, he got results from the g one after he lost like his first three matches though, so I don't know
5: is he is he having a match with the LP because that would imply he's brain dead i mean <laughs> I, I I think to me um when Okada does these kinds of stories. Uh, It really, like, it feels like, it feels like similar arcs to what they were, they would do with Tanahashi, just not done as well. So I don't remember any of these kinds of dialogue, I don't remember any of this dialogue when Tanahashi got the Cloverleaf over as a finish, uh, because he did it well. Um, And it was a fantastic spot in a match, and people popped out of their minds for it because it was well developed. And it made sense because it made sense in a practical context. People thought, well, you know, Tanahashi, his knees are fucked so it makes sense that he's not using the high fly flow as much now so and it, it was a nice it was just done in a way that made sense that people could buy into and make him off. Uh, but i don't think okada is at that point i think his depression arcs are kind of samey like i know a lot of people were selling the differences between the money clip arc and balloon okada and there were some differences aesthetically but like I don't know. It just feels samey. Okada always feels samey to me, but I I don't buy into any of the arcs with him really that yeah. much, and the money clip was very much the same thing. I never bought that he was going to win at Wrestle Kingdom against some guy they're pushing as a new, you know, as a world title contender uh, with the money clip. I just didn't. Um, but it does feel like a letdown to see. He just busts out the Rainmaker. Now, the seemingly... No reason other than, okay. Well, now I have to. And it's like, well, okay. I guess the G one didn't matter much, but I, I I agree with John's sentiment entirely on this.
3: Uh, what do you? Someone, someone's going to jump in and I guess give the opposite viewpoint. I don't know. Well, I'll
4: jump in and just say that I I liked the money clip story. You know, segueing into the Rainmaker in this particular match. Like, if you just looked at it in this match, like. you know a little bit of the background he hasn't used the rainmaker maybe if he had a better reason like you guys are talking about sure but like in in the match every time you thought like at least for me every time i thought he was gonna just smack him with the rainmaker he would pull that arm back around his head and 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 put the money clip on i thought that like the 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 crowd started to react negatively to it like uh, oh come on man like get with it (laughs) Um, And I I thought that you know that was a that was a cool reaction in a in a pretty quiet building. So um, I I liked it in this vacuum at least.
3: Well, you could I I I could also argue maybe I don't know the crowd not liking that your babyface is using a move that he's supposed to have over is not really was that really what they were going for? Maybe it was I don't know. It was a very weird storyline I guess. Uh, I guess Liam, did you have anything to say about this before we move on?
1: Uh, two, two very quick things. So one, I think it's amazing that the money clip can kill a clap crowd, like really amazing. <laughs> um, and two, I think there's actually a very distinct difference between Okada's structure of his matches with Gato and outside of G- and like post the Gato betrayal. And I don't think he's actually figured out the the structure to his matches yet. And I think that's really, you could tell that really obviously through like a very simple thing. He used to always do three drop kicks in the match, in these big matches. Now he throws like six or seven and they don't really make much sense. Um, And so I feel like there's a point in Okada where he's still trying to figure out what is like the formula or what is the way he wants to structure his matches. And I think the money clip was an experiment, which I think everyone agrees is a failed experiment in trying to figure that out.
3: All right, there you go. Uh, Let's move on. We got four or five more matches to cover actually, but I think we can go a lot shorter on them than we did on those top two. So... Uh, the fourth match, Hiroshi Tanahashi defeating Great Okan in 17-13 with the High Fly Flow. Um, this match seemed divisive, which I, I don't really get because I just thought it was awesome. I mean, uh, oh, actually, well, I guess we can cover it after this match. There's a couple things during the intermission. i just mentioned them real quickly. We had a long ad for a new smartphone app where before this match where Naito like left Kidani with the family restaurant bill. That was really funny. So I enjoyed that. It was a nice little sop to the Naito fans, considering he's going to lose in the main event. Then he got to leave, stick Kidani with the bill. Uh, and we also got a very simple message that just said, uh, New Japan hits TV in America and UK soon, which was it was reported that New Japan's going to have a new English language uh, television partner. Uh, Dave Meltzer reported this earlier today. Uh, I believe on the, I didn't listen to the English announcing, but they said something about uh, purple, right? That's what they said, like the color purple. Yeah. So that people are speculating be in sports because they, they have a very purple logo. Uh, so maybe that could be it, which would be a, definitely a lower tier channel. I don't even think I get it, but, uh, you know, any, any TV is better than no TV. So, I mean, you know, can't really complain. Uh, as far as this match, you know, again, I, I, it it seemed really divisive. I don't, it's one of these things where like when I'm watching these Ocon matches, I, I don't get what people don't like. Maybe someone here who hated the match could, if we do have somebody here could tell me like, I you know, I thought the stuff where they were grappling on the mat at the start was good. I thought where Okan was beating on Tanahashi's leg for a while was good. He like left him on the outside at one point and just like waited for him to crawl back in the ring with his hands behind his back. It was awesome. You know, it made him kiss his boot when he could crawl back in it was great. Uh, you know. And then Tanahashi did a nice little comeback before Okan caught him in midair and just like slammed him face down. Almost from backdrop position, but looked great. Which looked great. I just think he's gotten so good already at like working as like the dominant heel in these matches. And he did. He got a lot of offense in this match. Uh, we had a big elbow exchange before Okan. He hit the screaming axe kick to put him down. Um, you know, Tanahashi came back with this big sling blade uh, for a two count after dodging some more Okan offense. And I thought Okan took a great bump for the sling blade. Uh, but Okan then came back. With, by getting his claw on Tanahashi while he's on the top rope. Gave him another big face buster. Uh, but yeah, just like the, the the finishing stretch, Okana teased using a chair. Tanahashi took the chair and, like, threw it down instead of using it, which was, I guess, playing off their build, where Okana really beat the crap out of him with a chair. Uh, gave him a dragon suplex hole for a two count, and then hit two straight high fly flows, one to the back and one to the front, and that got the pin. Uh, I've, you know, not surprised, really, they gave Tanahashi the win, I thought they might give Okan the win but uh they usually do like to build up to that a little more with these newer guys but I mean still obviously a big deal he was even wrestling Tanahashi here but yeah I thought this was awesome I went four stars on this I I liked it better than Okada and Osprey uh very slightly but I just I really enjoyed this match uh you know I thought Okan again looked great looked like a star don't know what the Okan haters even see at this point uh and I thought this was you know really great really great match Uh, probably second to the main event for my favorite match of the show. Uh, Chris, what did you think of Okan and Tanahashi?
4: I'm a big fan of Okan. I think that the thing people don't see with great Okan is, I I think it's literally in his name. If you call him Tomoyuki Oka, and he dresses like he does and he comes out and he's just a big character, I think think the criticism would be uh, at least reduced i think people don't want you know kind of outlandish characters in their pro wrestling anymore so that's that's my opinion on that i but i think oka's a, a fantastic wrestler i think he's really coming along he's figured out a lot he's workshopped a lot of stuff on that world tag league tour so if, if all you saw Um, If all you saw from him was, I guess, power struggle to now, I think you would you would recognize some pretty great growth. And, you know, Tanahashi coming back, you know, not quite a not not nearly a similar story to Okada and the Rainmaker, but Tanahashi hasn't even tried a high fly flow since October. So, you know, similar in a way. Um, but I think we are seeing the cycle down of, of Tanahashi finally. And, and maybe you heat him back up for, for one more run, especially if Ibushi's the, the, uh, the champion, right? So you, you, Ibushi's the guy that finally, I guess, puts Tanahashi as a main eventer to rest. Maybe that's the case. But, you know, this win could go a long way towards Tanahashi having a better 2021 um, or at least like staying in that mix,
3: yeah i mean i i I, it'll be interesting to see where he goes from here because it is obviously it it did feel like he was getting down cycled pretty hard during 2020 so i mean would they do tanahashi ibushi again for the titles like i could see it i mean mean,
4: this year was the first year since 2002 that tanahashi had a uh a singles win loss record under 500 so yeah i mean it's a pretty extreme cycle down
3: uh I mean, to me, it all started at the 2019 G1 where he goes four and five, and that like is to me the beginning of the arc for him. Where you know, then he goes on to uh, Wrestle Kingdom and loses to Jericho, and it just kind of goes from there. But we'll see if he does rebound a bit here. I mean, I I could see him doing Tanahashi and I mean, that seems like a match they would do.
4: But I yeah, guess. and as you know, Tanahashi's maybe the last last big shot. Yeah, um, I I could see it. It'd be it'd probably be pretty good too.
3: Yeah, John, what did you think of Tanahashi and Okan?
0: Oh, I thought it ruled, but I do get why people wouldn't like it. To me, like what's succeeding about Okan isn't entirely something you can like chalk up with star ratings in a bell in a bell to bell sense. I think like this character he's putting out there is, uh, you know, real different and fresh. I said earlier he feels like an old like territory villain to me, which I could see some people hearing that and going, "I absolutely do not want that." I think it rules. I think, like, the spot where he rolls back in the ring while Tan is recovering on the outside and he's just standing there with his arms behind his back is, like, this real cool, powerful image. I think this whole match uh, was more like a big, like, fun, cool moment than a conventional great match, uh, you know, from from Tana's like, big entrance to, uh, you know, that whole aura that Okan puts out there. Um, I think he's killer, but I mean, I, I, I don't know. I'd give this like a three and a half, but I had like four stars of fun, man. I don't know. <laughs> it's uh, it's uh, I think Ocon rules, but I do still – I understand if people aren't into it. But to me, it's like if you, if you can get down with some of the booking they're doing uh, lately, I don't see why you – like why you if you can accept them breaking out of conventional things and their booking, I don't see why you couldn't get down with this dude because this dude rules. Um, and this match, yeah, I had a blast. It's nah, it's probably like my fourth favorite of the night, but I I liked it a lot. I had a good time.
3: Uh, there you go. Uh, what did you think of this match, Jeff?
5: Uh, I have a few thoughts coming out of it. So first off, uh, I do in fact think I'd enjoy Ocon a lot more if he was just a straight character. Uh, I think his shoot style stuff rules like his grappling is great. Uh, I've enjoyed the beginning of the match quite a lot um, when he gets into the screaming and jumping around shit I'm, I check out it's not my thing um, I if I need 80s style territory heels I'll just go watch 80s style territory heels he's just it's not my gig um, i but i I think there's something there. Uh, in regards to Tanahashi beating him and what that means for maybe you know, moving Tanahashi back up the card, I don't think it's as much that as I think people have overestimated where Okarn is on the card right now. Uh, maybe they do have these future ace aspirations for the guy. That seems to be the vibe I keep hearing about, but he's not there now. He's just not. That's not what they're pushing him as. Uh, he went 4-5 and five in the tag league, and while they didn't just outright pin them, he, just, he didn't win a lot of matches either. I mean, the Tanahashi destruction thing was a good angle, but he lost to Okada. He just got pinned clean as a sheet here. So sort of he's J, not even J, the number one guy in his own got,
3: faction. Jay White got pinned clean as a sheet on his first match against Tanahashi at the Dome 2. Sure. And then Jay White went
1: 6-3 and three in the G1. Sure. So, you know. Yeah, I still don't think... But
5: he's not even the top guy in his own faction. Let's make that
3: yeah, transparently neither, clear. Not neither, neither was Jay White when he came back.
5: I don't think they're pushing him as this top level guy. I just don't get that vibe from how he's
3: Okay. I, I could not disagree more with that take. I think he's clearly I, being pushed as a. a I mean, he time.
5: just lost to a guy who went like four and five or three and six in the G1. Yeah, but he's
4: the guy so doing the post match promos when Will is standing in the ring and, and Cork and <laughs> Hall. I, like, I,
5: I, getting... I get it. He's getting promo time and he's going to be built to that, but I don't think he's there now. I don't think it's a next year thing. I think this is a three year down the road thing. And right now, he's the second or third most important guy in his own he's faction. Definitely, terms definitely,
3: not, definitely not the third most important guy in his faction. There's no way. In
5: terms of booking priority. I, mean, like, I think only, if they do the G1 next year, I think he'll have a lower record than Cobb. No. Or it'll be, like, no the way. same.
3: No way. Zero chance. Okay. Zero
4: chance. Cobb, Cobb will go 4-5 and five in the G1 in perpetuity.
5: I think O'Connor probably goes 0-5 next uh, G1. He's I don't like, think he's doing much better than he that. He goes
3: 5-4 minimum, probably 6-3. and three, Or he gets some big, big win at the end. Right.
5: Don't see six okay. and three okay. this could just be me. I don't see gets, six and three. Or, at all.
3: He, or he has like some record like Osprey did in his first G one but then beats Tanahashi at the end or some other I could absolutely see that, but amazing. I don't see him going above that. Okay. I see like four and five. Okay. And he
4: yells his promo without a microphone, which is awesome. Yeah.
5: He's cool. I'm not saying there's not aspects of his character that are cool. I'm not saying he's bad. I just don't think he's being pushed at the level people think he's being pushed at yet. He will be. I they clearly have plans for him. That's not my point i don't think he's getting a j white style mega push the minute he touches the ring though i don't think that's happening mm. uh and it didn't take this long for Jay white to get that push by the way Jay white touched the ring and had the u.s belt in a month uh has been out for here for i think has he been out for about six months five months how long has he been out
4: three months october
5: three okay time doesn't Feel right now anymore, but he's been out there. He lost to Okada immediately, and then he lost to Tanahashi. I don't know. Like, what's what's his new thing? He's going to be doing next month or the month after. I don't think he's going to get any real push till G One at best. Mm-hmm. So I just I don't think it's this immediate thing. So yeah, uh, I don't think this is used to move Tanahashi up the card. I just think it's roughly where they're both at right now.
3: Okay. So um, so let me. There was something I wanted to say before I lose track. So Joel asked in the chat who is better Ocon tonight or Jay and looking Sokinum twelve. I think Ocon is better than Jay. Like Jay looked really nervous at that Wetzlocken twelve show and I don't think Jay looked nervous. I don't think Ocon looked nervous at all. I mean Jay Jay would more than make up for it in, you know, his his years to come. But so it's it's you know, the first impression is not always gonna be the the biggest deal. But I mean oh, it, it, it was more comparable probably to Ocon's performance against Okada at power struggle, which was his real first Performance, whereas this Ocon now has had a few months already to uh, to get the king set, which uh, Jay did not have. But yeah, I, I Still, definitely thought Ocon looked way better here than Jay did.
5: It feels weird to think he's only been around three months. Anyway, oh, yeah. but um, I think again, it's I don't think it's a matter of is he better than Jay White was. I don't think it's I just think it's a matter of where they're positioned relatively on the card in that time.
3: I will say that's all I can say. Liam, uh, jump in here because you haven't gotten a chance to talk, and Hi. I gotta run in and get my I'll... charger. So talk for a while. Okay, so
1: a few things about this match. Let's start with Tanahashi. Tanahashi in this match is inconsequential. He did some stuff. He, I don't know. He, I wouldn't say he took a night off, but he was like very, very relaxed. like no big bumps. Um, really took it easy this, this night, and I think that's fine for Tanahashi. I think Tanahashi. I'd actually disagree with Chris's take earlier, where this is like a potential Tanahashi elevation. I don't think that's happening ever again. Maybe if they split the titles and they do like an intercontinental challenge, I could see that. But I think Tanahashi's days are challenging for the IWGP title. Those are done. Like, the juice is done. Like, that's that story's over. But this is not, like, a Tanahashi... This is not the story of Tanahashi, and honestly, like, the match quality here doesn't really matter that much. I don't think. It doesn't matter if this is a good match. It doesn't matter if it's a great match. Like, what the... Like, the purpose of this match is to introduce Okan to a massive audience, the Tokyo Yudome Stadium audience, the audience who um, only watches, like, the really big shows and get across who this guy is, get across his character, get across what he wants to do and, like, where he's going forward. I think this match is similar to the Jay White match in 2018, but I also agree with Jeff in that, like, I don't think he, um, is getting the exact rocket push, um, that Jay was gonna get. I do think he's slotted above Cobb at the moment, but, um, I don't think we'll see that, I don't know when we'll see that manifest in a title challenge or a title win. But I think, in terms of like Okan's performance on this night, I thought he was outstanding. Um, I thought like his physical presence, physical like like the way he goes about wrestling, is so interesting to me. And there was a comment by um, the English commentary team, which basically said that Okan, unlike most people who participate in this in New Japan, wasn't a wrestling fan growing up. He was like an amateur wrestler who got poached by uh, Kidani. And I think that's a really interesting point because you can I think you can see that a lot in the way he moves in the way in which he transitions and the way in which he goes about wrestling um, I'm back by and the way I th- if you're not hey no no I, I was just talking about how <laughs> I think like Okan's like not wrestling fan background actually is really really interesting and yeah. how um, that lends really well to his physical presence I think Okan will be the star coming out of Vampire I don't think he's the top guy there yet but I do think he's going to take this unit at some point in the next two to three years Alrighty. I think that's that's very clear. C-
5: can I clarify real quick that I'm not insinuating that Okan won't be the star in like three years. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. is not my take.
3: Yeah, okay. <laughs> okay. Um, so let's let's move on though, because I want to get through the rest of these matches and I'm uh, very suddenly very tired. So let's get to match number three. Uh, Kenta beating Satoshi Kojima In 14-12 at the go to sleep. Uh, Kenta successfully defended the US heavyweight rate to challenge contract for what felt like about the twentieth time. But there was maybe some progress there because John Moxley made an appearance and he taped promo from their California studio, I believe, from the ring uh, over there, and he just basically said, "I'm coming for the winner of this Tokyo Dome contract match." You know, pretty cool moment, I guess. Uh, but yeah, I'm not. I'm, it, was, it was kind of a surprise, so cool little moment. Um, I think this was really good. I mean, really, just like a really fun match. Um, it was a little dull to start maybe, but everything after. Uh, Kojima hit this really nasty looking apron DDT which was really good uh, just from there I never looked back and really had a quite good match I went three and three quarters uh, couldn't, couldn't quite pull the trigger on four because like I said everything before that was a little bit dull uh, so I guess quick thoughts on this one Liam what do you think of Kenta and Kojima?
1: Um, I thought this ruled I thought this was really really good um, the one thing I have coming out of this is they should really push Kojima again like he is still really good And he's still, like, I think he's got still more upside than, um, like, obviously, Makabe. I feel like there's more you could do with him than Ishii. Um, I'd push him over Tana, honestly, at this point. Um, He still can go out there and really deliver in this spot. And I think Kenta, like, Kenta now is, like, I think someone referred to him as an angle wrestler now. And I think, like, yeah, kind of. Like, he's not 2005 or 2009 Kenta anymore. But I still feel like he really rose the occasion here and, like, delivered a really good, solid, hard-hitting match that got really stiff at the end
3: yeah i mean he's never gonna That's be it. he's never gonna be a five-star match guy anymore but like i thought his his matches were his match with naito from february was awesome had a couple really good matches in the g1 i mean i, I definitely don't think he's like spent or anything you know he's not like you said not what he was in 05 or 09 but who of us yeah. are who of us are and
1: uh, they should put kojima back in the g1 but they won't because they're cowards
3: <laughs> jeff any quick thoughts here on kenta and kojima
1: uh, I disagree with him being uh, with the
5: Tanahashi take, but I do agree with pretty much everyone else you mentioned. I would push Kojima at their level at least, or above. He was great here. Um, I do get a little sad seeing this version of Kenta. I know he's good for angles. I know his promos are good. and like He's still an enjoyable character, but his, I haven't really enjoyed his in-ring as much uh, outside of a few spots here and there. The Naito match being probably the Biggest example of that. Um, the match itself was pretty good, though. I mean, I went three and a half. Uh, the closing stretch was way funner than the rest of it for me, though. It got a little slow at times. Uh, I don't know. I don't have much for it to be honest. Okay, it, it stood out the least of John, all the matches on the show.
3: John, what do you think?
0: Uh, this was a lot of fun. I thought um, this was a real, just like straight up. Uh, no frills match. But in the beginning when it was slow, it didn't bother me at all because the way the crowd was reacting to Kojima, it was like real smile fuel. Uh, it was real nice to watch like to watch them react to everything he did. And I, do, I think you lose that charm real quick if you put Kojima back in the mix like a regular competitor. Um, I mean, he could still go, but I think the joy you get out of surprises like this is worth its weight in gold i think kenta is getting smarter and smarter about his limitations and knows really knows what to do in spots like this um i thought this match did everything it was supposed to do it was a lot of fun uh cool cool wrestling (laughs)
3: uh what did you think chris
4: yeah fun to see kojima get a big spot cool to see the the crowd react the way they did I think Kenta is is the version of Kenta. He's the best version he can be right now, which I think is is all you can ask of someone as they advance in age like that. And and I think that that's actually something that most new Japan wrestlers have a lot of success with. So it's probably good that Kenta ended up uh, where he did. And uh, I wish the whoever's running things in California would have ironed the uh, the lion mark flag that was behind John Moxley <laughs> because it looked like shit. <laughs>
3: <laughs> uh, match number two, the Dangerous Techers fucking lose to Girls of Destiny How is this possible. Tongaloa pins Taiji in 1918 with the Ape Shit. Uh, G.O.D. become the 88th champions. They set the new record with their seventh IWGP reign. They break the tie between them and Tenkozi. Uh, you know, this, this match, I mean, I just was joking, I guess, about not liking G.O.D., but this match was really, really good. Um, You know, it it started out, you know, a little boring. I mean, GOD's heat period uh, was very uninteresting, but man, everything after that was awesome. I mean, you know, this really cool double team powerbomb with Tama tossing Zack into Tonga. Uh, Taichi has to make the last minute save. Uh, you know, he took a Tongan twist for his troubles. And then Zack countered the super powerbomb into a top rope guillotine. He starts yelling at Taichi to get his ass over there. Because he can't do it on his own. And it's the fucking Tokyo Dome. Uh, and they gave Taichi this, or they gave Tonga this double team powerbomb suplex. And Taichi went wild like he's fucking Hulk Hogan in the, the, uh, in the Tokyo Dome. With these running axe bombers, screaming axe bomber for each one. Because, you know, just like Hogan used to do. Uh, and there's, you know, just a really, really cool finishing sequence, uh, but then Tomatanga gets the Iron Fingers from Hell, just like in the World Tag League match, nails Taichi with them, uh, and leaves Tonga hanging the ape Apeship with a pin. Uh, I went three and three quarters, couldn't, again, quite pull the trigger on four because the G.O.D. heat pair was really boring, and I didn't, you know, the finish just f- fucking pissed me off, uh, you know, but, you know, kind of a markish way, I guess, because I love the Deckers and don't really have any use for G.O.D., I mean, I will admit them posing or climbing up on the dugout and posing under under the spotlight with their belts was a pretty cool visual. But I don't know. Uh, my immediate worry coming out of this was that they're building to a Chi zack split, uh, both with Zack being like weirdly aggressive about Chi coming over to the corner, and then you know you could say this was uh, basically Chi's fault for bringing these iron fingers out again uh, and having them used by Tomatonga on them, just like he. Um, you know, just like he did, just like they did in the World Tag League. So, you know, I I do, I did worry a little bit. Plus, there's all these rumblings about, like, um, you know, upcoming, like, uh, like, faction shifting or something. So, who knows? But, apparently, after the show, Zach was, like, swearing revenge on G.O.D. and said, you know, the seventh reign won't last that long. So, it looks like they're already building to a return match. So, Maybe that's wrong. Maybe the dangerous taggers will just win the belts back in a month. Maybe God will get to see what it's like <laughs> to win the dome and lose the belts right back to the to the champions you beat them from instead of th- how they do that to everybody. So uh, you know it'll be kind of funny and poetic justice, I guess. Uh, Chris, what did you think of this tag team championship affair?
4: I think this was it was really fun. Um, I think it over delivered on my expectations because I never expect much from um, God. Um and I'll watch Zack Saber Jr. in an empty building just screaming things at Tai Chi for the rest of my life. I, that was the best spot I could ever think of in, in a match with these guys. But yeah, I I liked it. I I wish they would have broken the other streak, which would have been um the tag titles not changing hands at Wrestle Kingdom because I really like Dangerous Taggers as a team, but um you know maybe if if this checks off the last box for god maybe they'll figure out something else to do with those guys
3: because <laughs> this is like the last accomplishment
4: like what yeah. else is, what's left yeah. i don't know
3: uh, john any thoughts on this tag team title match uh
0: yeah i thought this match ruled i always uh i'm always pulling for god because i feel like there's so many contexts where that team works but it's just unfortunate that the New Japan Tag Division is not one of them. <laughs> and, uh, you know, any of that, them winning just kind of feels like all the hope for the Tag Division went away, even though this match was, was good. Uh, but, yeah, I thought it was, uh, I thought it was great. I, I'd heard everyone talking about how Loa suddenly got good, but I didn't watch Tag League. So this was my first exposure to the brand-new Tangaloa 2.0. And he, he was cool. <laughs> uh, but yeah, everything rolled except for, uh, you know, there was like one stretch where Tama and Tonga were just taking turns choking people on the ground. That was a drag. Uh, I thought Zach was amazing in this match. Uh, 100% the star of the match. And uh, I don't know. Good luck to the New Japan Tag Division. If, if Dangerous Techers breaks up, wouldn't that be amazing if... After the Golden Aces and Dangerous Techers feud that made everyone go the New Japan Tag Division matters again, both teams are broken up within a couple of months. It's beautiful. Gato's a genius. Really, just a fucking madman. Uh, yeah, the three and three quarters. Uh,
3: what do you think here, Jeff?
5: Uh, I think typically I prefer other teams. Techers' matches over this. This just kind of ha- like, it was a good match, but the finish really sucked. Um, I'm still convinced Gator doesn't put much time into, like, the tag division. I know at the beginning of the year everyone got excited because it was, you know, the golden aces showing up, but I think that was really more. It was using the tag belts to further a single storyline. I don't think it had anything to do with any renewed focus on the tag belts. And, um, I I just think we kind of have to accept that these belts are going to be passed around between whoever they can uh slot together to sell a few tickets and that's really unfortunate cuz a well-booked tag division is something I think New Japan could do pretty easily but uh I don't know like I it's just kind of made me sad.
3: <laughs> uh Liam what do you think of this one?
1: Uh I'll give you 3 points. 3 quick points in on this one. One. I thought the match was really good. Um Joel asked in the chat if this was the best GOD match ever, and because GOD are generally like mediocre, I'm going to say yes without doing any research. <laughs>
3: um,
1: two, if you loved Zach's performances match, and a few people in the Super J Cast Discord were like Zach's a really good babyface, you should watch his stuff in Noah with Yoshinari Ogawa in the Junior Tag Division. That stuff is awesome and is very similar in terms of like, um, you know, how this match was structured and how that team works. And three. If Gato breaks up Danger tekas, I will fly to Japan, sit in quarantine for two weeks, and then I will find Gato and kick him in the dick.
3: We'll vouch for <laughs>
5: the Ogawa stuff it owns.
3: Uh, okay, so let's get to the opener of the pay per view of of the show. right before the uh, out on the dark bench, which was the Hiroto Takahashi defeating El Phantasmo in seventeen forty six with the Hurricane. So, Hiromu moves on to challenge Hiromu to, or to challenge Taiji Shimori. I am tired, for the IWGP junior title on January 5th. Um, okay. Th- this was like, uh, Armageddon on the uh, Voices of Wrestling Slack. El Fantas just made everybody melt down. All I'm gonna say is, uh, ELP's new theme song fucking sucks. Uh, I don't find him entertaining as a wrestler, uh... For some reason, this like really upsets people. As I learned tonight, that people really, really, really do not want to hear that ELP sucks. Uh, and I'm sorry. I just, you know, I, I find his heel his heel work to be uh, just incredibly boring. And that's what I did here. I mean, look, the stuff where he was doing flips was cool. And Hiromu is Hiromu, so it's always going to be a certain level of great. But uh, you know, a certain level. There's a certain baseline here, but this is like. I thought Haromo had like fucking seven or eight matches. Maybe all nine of his uh Best of Super Junior block matches were better than this. I mean I the only one to be the only one to even be comparable, I guess, is the Bushi match that I didn't like that much. But uh I still think that was probably better than this. So probably all nine. I mean, just I don't know, like the like the one point like to me what sums up ELP and why I can't stand him you know, he like trolls the crowd by doing this, a bad impression of the Kenny Terminator thing. They barely even bother to clap along anyway. And then he just kind of does the spaz dance he used to do instead of diving. It's just like, it's just so like, <laughs> I mean, I get it's supposed to be cringy you're not supposed to like him, but that doesn't mean I have to say that I want to see him on, on my fucking screen. Okay, like you could use that argument against anybody. You could. That's the shit that WWE fans use to justify Baron Corbin. So, I, you know, I don't want to hear that. I get that I'm not supposed to like him, but I don't like him. I don't want to watch him, and I don't find him entertaining. So that's all I can say about him. I went three and a quarter stars, uh, you know. I'm glad Hiromu won. He won with a roll-up, so I assume it's because, uh, you know, just to keep the LP strong, it'll probably get the title or something at some point. But, uh, you know, as was apparently the plan for this year before COVID. But, God, do I not want to watch it. So, <laughs> I don't know. Who did I start with last time? i lost track. Anybody? No one remembers where I started with last time.
0: I th- I think Chris was first last. Okay, time. Okay,
3: so Liam, do you want to say something about ELP uh, versus Hiromu? Yeah, I'll
1: say two quick things. One, I disagree with the theme song. I think this theme song is a massive improvement from the last one. Um, it's good, I guess. Whatever. Um, this match was a fucking mess. Um, it started really good, and then like at like the seven or eight minute mark, and then like it was an ELP control segment in the ring, and it just really fell off a cliff at that point i don't think they ever really got it back
3: on the train that was like Um, the most dead this crowd was all night like for yeah people think you can't tell when a clap crowd is dead oh you can tell and it was during this match
1: yeah and like i don't know how it happened or like if they just didn't communicate or like it went from being like a really well built like solid built like um high spot vest at the front to just like kind of dissolving into elp's aj styles tribute and Miss yeah, spots and oh, uh, it's just uh, frustrating. Really, really frustrating. And they're going to run it again. It'll be a main event in some show. They'll go 30 minutes, and it's just it'll be. I'm not optimistic about it. I do agree with your take that this is worse than every Best of super Junior match we had last year. Yeah, which um, yeah, I guess I,
3: I, I think I said this year. I, I always forget we're now in a new year. So
1: yeah, just a f- like. <laughs> I thought it was okay, but it was just really, really frustrating.
3: Yeah, I mean, I went three and a quarter because the high spots were cool, but like the stuff in between was like, ugh. Uh, Jeff, uh, as a fellow, uh, since we, d- we didn't like ELP, it means we hate all white people. So please. I hate whites.
5: <laughs> uh, El- ELP is a great example of why. So, uh, I think ELP's offense looks like shit. I think it's incredibly choreographed and makes everyone who's in the ring with look like a total fucking buffoon I don't know why Hiromu laid on the ropes and balanced himself for 12 minutes waiting for ELP to taunt and do his gimmick before doing a fucking back bump on him I I don't know, it looked like shit Um, I think the rope walk for an hour looked like shit Uh, I know everyone one of the um, people in the chat mentioned that oh well ELP's gimmick is that he's a dumbass and that's fine, but I don't know why he's on a Wrestle Kingdom card. <laughs> doesn't mean I want
3: to watch ass him gimmick. be a dumbass. I, mean, yeah, like,
5: I don't I see get, that as a top I, of the card gimmick. I get, I, that he's,
3: I get that he's being a dumbass on purpose. I can just not want to watch the dumbass.
5: Well, and it's not a top of the card gimmick. To be the,
3: fair, he's in the opener here. Well, I,
5: but I mean, er, er, he's not a top of the division gimmick even. I mean, I why the fuck is that being pushed in a division that includes Hiromu?
3: I don't know, man.
5: I've heard, so, I've heard people I just,
3: say I, that the Japanese fans like it, and I, I don't doubt that that's true for some of them, probably. I mean, it seems like the kind or of Or they thing, sounded
5: like they enjoyed it. They didn't
3: sound like they enjoyed this mess. <laughs>
5: <laughs> I, uh, I heard a lot of... I mean... Yeah, I don't know. Um, I, I think the uh heel shtick is grossly overstated. I don't think it's nearly as good as people make it out to be. I don't think he's nearly as good as people make him out to be. Yeah. And uh I I don't know. I have no fucking time for ELP. This,
3: this I think is the line that pissed people off, so I'll just give it again. It's baby's first heel. That's that's ELP in a nutshell to me. Uh, yeah.
5: Jeff Anyway, back to hating whites.
3: John, I think you like this more a lot more than I did, so go ahead and tell me why ELP I mean, is great.
0: I don't Oh, we don't have enough time in the day for me to tell you how. Stop making me sound like I love ELP. <laughs> He's I. Uh, I don't want to. I don't want the takeaway from this to be like uh, I'm the president of the Headbanger Club. But uh, I do think ELP is pretty tight, and the reason ELP is at the top of a division that includes Hiromu. Is because Shingo and Will and Dragon Lee are gone, and he already got through Desperado, and there really is no one left in this fucking division. He's got Ishimori tomorrow. It's the opener, of day one. It's a different kind of match, and he's going to have tomorrow. You're going to get your conventional Hiromu match tomorrow. Well, what, and,
3: well, can I just say what you said about him having no one left in the division? That's why when these people say he's not moving up to heavyweight, I think they're like out of their minds. Like, what is left for him to do in the junior division? Exactly. So, I mean, and it's
0: one thing you they. Like, I don't know where you go from here. You need to hope, like, show comes through, maybe. Uh,
3: I want to was... like, throw this in here, too. By the way, Joel Abraham in the chat says, uh, for I guess, Super Jcast host, I don't get the double standard of people shit on Evil, but say ELP is such a great heel. Yeah, I don't get it either, Joel. And like people... I got it. <laughs> I'll tell you exactly why. Okay. Hmm. I'll
0: tell you exactly why. First off, I'm not saying that ELP is a better wrestler than Evil. because he's not. Say that in a million fucking years. I like evil. I just think the shit evil's doing now is a nightmare from hell for the viewer. And uh, I, this is like a big wormhole we can we can get into at eight thirty in the morning. And I don't think any of us want to.
5: John, why don't uh, you just admit you're a cop who likes whites? <laughs>
4: I
0: don't. <Goodness laughs> me, I liked whites a lot more before I was on this podcast. <laughs> 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 um, yeah. <laughs> No, but here's the thing. ELP just opened this show. He's done nothing of very high stakes. His biggest match was against Rocky Romero. People hate evil
2: because he's in the... uh, In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We hype ourselves up thinking, maybe I can pull a Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card. But with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now off again, that's arena club.com/slash VOW net, arena club.com/slash VOW net for 10% off your first purchase on Arena Club. And we thank them for sponsoring the Voices of the Wrestling Podcast Network. He's in the title, he's, he's main eventing shows
0: where you have to buy, you have to watch red shoes sell more than any more the any other wrestlers do. His ELP stuff is low stakes. He's a fun, goofy heel. It's fun to watch him act like a dipshit and that have Hiromu dropkick him into fucking three backflips. Uh, And you're going to get your real Hiromu match tomorrow. I think this is just harmless fun. I think ELP is better than he's given credit for. I think he gets the reactions he gets because he leans into being an obnoxious dipshit more than most people do. And if you hate it, you don't got to worry because, again, the biggest position he's ever been in was losing to Rocky Romero.
3: but he's Uh, going to be running well in this two division all year I think so as long as he can get in the country I, I
0: mean do. that could be true, but again, what are you gonna you gonna put put the title? I mean, once Hiromu is out of here, what are you gonna do? Put the title on Despi or Ishimori or ELP? Who cares? Please,
3: and, did, <laughs> please the first. I would not... rather watch Hiromu fight
5: Ryuli sixty-eight times till the fucking. sun we
0: all would. Of course, we all would. And water's wet, but you know what I mean. But like, <laughs> fucking Ryuli is not. I mean, when Ryuli comes back, I like him more than all now,
3: Okay, here's what I will say, and I get Same. I totally get your argument about EO being in the main events and EOP not being in the main events, but. The other, the, like the alternate suggestion is like people will defend, and I think what Joel was going for here is people will defend ELP by saying, well, you know, you're not supposed to like him. Uh, you're not supposed to react, uh, you know, to, um, you know, you're not supposed to like, you're supposed to have this reaction to him. You're supposed to think he's bad. You're not supposed to like, but like, why? That's a defense they trot out for heels. It's, it's basically the whole point is it's if you if you as a, as a person like ELP you will try out that defense for elP that you're not supposed to like him but then evil who you're also not supposed to like never gets that defense because uh you know somehow evil and Dick Togo is some uh crime too big of a crime against work rate or whatever the fuck it's just a total, but that's, but that's the thing it's just a total double a, standard I don't think they do the
0: same thing at all people don't people always love evil. And they still want to love Evil. The problem they have with Evil is that he fucked all his matches up and he made them unbearable to watch. And by the time he had a good one, the Power Struggle one, the Power Struggle one was fun in the way like a 90s WWF match was. It was a blast. But I couldn't enjoy it because I was already so fucking mad they made me watch that match so many times. Uh, And it was a nightmare. And they had the same match over and over and over. And ELP, even if you hate them, who gives a shit? Go get a drink and his match is over. I understand. I, I, I <laughs> so what
5: you're saying it, is what evil did wrong was he had good matches first and then he fucked up. Where's ELP? No, I'm saying
0: you e- know, I'm saying evil fucked up over the course of 40 minute matches on the top of cards over and over I, all year. Right,
3: I get that what? argument, but I'm all I'm saying is if you're gonna if you're gonna say that a heel, uh, you know, getting he is a defensible, you know, a reason to defend them. I mean, just, like, you should be more consistent. That's all I'm saying. Because I don't think it's consistent to say, you know, because clearly the idea with Evil is you're not supposed to like him either and you're supposed to want him to lose, just like with ELP. So I just don't really get why it's a defense of one of them and not a defense of the other. But
0: I just think it's so different. I mean, because that, that's like, it's like comparing ELP and Baron Corbin. I mean, even if you hate them both, you, you can't say they're doing the same thing. It's a matter of one act being different than another. I I mean, that's why I'm not coming to you and saying he's succeeding because you don't like him. Well, a lot, of people, a lot of people
3: fucking say that.
0: So I don't know. No, I'll grant you that that, is, that can be obnoxious. I do think it's valid sometimes, but that can be an obnoxious argument.
3: Uh, Chris, I guess jump in here for for we wrap things up here. What did you think of this uh, EOP and uh, Haramu match?
4: I have no strong feelings about it because <laughs> the... Well, it, it seemed like a pre... You know, the outcome was, was obvious. So when that completely takes me out of everything. So I, to be honest, I was like setting up all my tweet threads during this match. Cause I knew who Roma was going to win.
3: There you go. Okay. So uh, I am going to make an executive decision that we barely have to talk about the Rambo. I mean, it existed. I mean, we're almost an hour and a half here on one show. So I'm just going to say there were 21 guys instead of 22 guys. For some reason, it was funny when Kojima, Tor- it was funny that Toriano, uh got to be, uh, you know, in the final four, without actually doing anything. So it was, it was a funny ending. I thought the rainbow was good. Don't, don't. Does anybody really have strong thoughts on the rainbow? They have to share. Anyone want to jump in? Yes. It? Okay. Please go ahead.
1: This was either the best rainbow ever or the worst rainbow ever. I'm not really sure, and it doesn't really matter.
3: Okay.
4: Kojima going. was number 22, and he had to go fight Kenta.
3: Is everybody uh, 22? I,
4: I thought this match happened last month. <laughs> <laughs>
3: There you go. <laughs> is there is anybody com- not coming on tomorrow does anybody have to do plugs before uh i don't know is anyone not coming on tomorrow easy question
4: i'll be I'll,
0: here i'll come back tomorrow to apologize for all the mean stuff i said about evil today
3: <laughs> <laughs> all right, where, if, if anybody's coming on tomorrow they don't gotta do no plugs so we can wrap it up uh thank you to the people on the live stream listening we had we end up with way more people jumping on here at fucking early in the morning, Eastern Time. Uh, so I appreciate that. Uh, if you're listening uh, to this back as a free show, uh, you know, at the end of the week, then you'll hear just a little musical interlude, and we'll be back with Russell Kingdom 15 Night 2 in a second. Uh, if you are listening for the uh, as a patron, uh, you're gonna... you just look for the link tomorrow, and we'll be right back here again the moment Night 2 goes off the air. Uh, we'll be doing this all over again. So... Uh, jump in and come back with us. But yes, thank you very much for listening and for subscribing if you are a patron. And we'll see you tomorrow or we'll see you in a second if you're listening back uh, as a full podcast.
2: Bye bye. King of sport. New Japan for wrestling.
3: magic of audio here you're listening to the second half of this uh wrestling omakase wrestle kingdom 15 review obviously for night two here uh of course we're also streaming live for the patrons so the patrons got to hear this you know many days beforehand Uh, i want to thank them as always for their support uh you know it's something i do not take for granted and i'm you know very pleased with our uh our patron number heading into January here. So thank you if you're a new patron who signed up for this. I really appreciate it. Uh, you know, I hope you enjoy your content. I mean, plenty of stuff coming up after Wrestle Kingdom 2 with uh, uh, a Tokyo Dome series is going to continue, which should be fun. But what we're here to talk about here is Wrestle Kingdom 15 Night 2. Uh, another really, really good show. I mean, you, you know, the, the big headline to me coming out of this, I don't really see how it's any anything other than like, you know, New Japan is still good, basically. Like, should be the headline coming out of this. Because this was like a... I mean, you know, especially given my expectations going in, uh, you know, for what a a pandemic era, you know, COVID era Tokyo Dome would look like. I mean, this these, these two shows blew me away. I mean, I just don't think there's really anything negative to take away from it at all. Um, You know, I thought they did an excellent job. I thought, you know, there were tons of great matches. I mean, there were so many awesome matches in these two shows... That I think you could, you know, like reasonably find like five or six different people who watch them all and they'll, they'll have like a very different top five. And again, it's only twelve matches, you know, unless unless somebody has the Rambo in there. Uh so you know, just a really, really they did an outstanding job here. The atmosphere was nowhere near as bad as I feared it would be. So, I mean that to me is the big headline here at the end of the night too. Just two outstanding shows. Uh New Japan really flexing their muscles and uh you know, showing that they're still the best in-ring wrestling promotion in the world uh, despite some very notable doubters at the end of uh, last year. Uh, Jeff, I'll start with you. Would you say the Dynasty is in fact not dead?
5: Uh, yeah, I would say the Dynasty is still alive and thriving. Uh, I, While I had issues with the booking this year, I never thought the Dynasty was going down. Uh, I just... That's a bit of a stretch. Um... Boy, howdy, did some people just take a fucking L. <laughs> <laughs> just a humongous L. Um, yeah, this um, was a f- fantastic series of
3: shows. Uh, Chris, I'll get a second opinion. Is the Dynasty dead? Chris? Oh, Do we lose Chris? Okay. Uh, Liam, second hey, opinion. Hey, wait, I'm here. Oh, okay. Right. Chris, go right. ahead. <laughs> Is the Dynasty dead, sir? Is <laughs> the Dynasty dead?
4: <laughs> um, I don't have to answer that. You know. The world knows my opinion. The Dynasty is not dead. New Japan is great. Uh, pro Wrestling is awesome. That may be the extent of my enthusiasm uh, as I'm very tired, but uh, yeah. no, the Dynasty lives.
3: There you go. Uh, Liam, We'll make a. can we make a three for three on the Dynasty being not dead? John, um,
1: so my leg is broken in eight places, and my heart is broken in more. So I'm unfortunately going to have to disagree and say, <laughs> as of the main event, the, the dynasty is dead. There
3: you go. All right. So we Sorry. have we uh, we're a marketplace of ideas here on Wrestling and Mikasa, So it's fine. Uh, <laughs>
5: Aito probably broke his leg and his heart. So. <laughs>
3: there you go, uh, John. What do you, you you can you can either tie it up here or. Actually no, it's still be three to two. So your vote was meaningless, sir. What was your
0: was the nice <laughs> well? Take? I'm used to the feeling of my vote <laughs> being meaningless. So, <laughs> um, no, I mean I never thought New Japan like fell into the toilet. I just thought they had a couple bad title matches, which I'm realizing now. To the listener, they'll have just heard my rant about six minutes ago. <laughs> So, I want them to know that I took a nap and I'm doing much better now.
3: <laughs> well, yeah, because cause the last, yeah, if, if people listening back to the free episode, yeah, the last thing they'll hear is you, uh, yelling about ELP or whatever at Evil. So, I don't even
0: think I ended up talking about ELP. Yeah, it's
3: more about Evil. Yeah.
0: So, today I'm going to use Evil's match to talk about ELP. <laughs> there you go. Um, no, but yeah, no, I think, um, I get, like, concerns about, like, the direction and the top of the card changing, but I think, uh, Today's show, especially even more so than last night's, put New Japan in a really good place. Uh, I think there's a lot to be excited about. Uh, and uh, no, the dynasty is not dead.
3: There you go. Uh, let's get into the review here, since I am also very tired. Uh, the main event: Kota Ibushi defeating Jay White in 48:05 with the Kamigoe the Kamigo- becomes the new longest match in Tokyo Dome history. It breaks the record set by. Uh, Kazuchika Okada and the gamer Kenny Omega uh, But yeah, so Abushi retains the title Makes his first successful defense of both belts um, Obviously that's the headline I, th- So this this match I think, you know I have seen opinions on this all over the board I mean, the v- Force Wrestling slack There were people who had this like Five stars match of the year I mean, this is, you know uh, the best, One of the best matches I ever saw There were people who said, you know it was awesome, but not quite at that level. And I think that's where I landed, um, you know, my, my star rating here before four and a quarter. I mean, you know, my problem with it was very similar to Okada Ibushi last year, where it just felt like the first 15 minutes dragged a lot for me. And, like, you know, 10 minutes in, I actively did not like it. And, like, any match where I, you know, can have a memory of just not actively liking a match, it's never going to be a match I'm going to be able to go five stars on. But, like, everything after the 15-minute mark, you know, especially everything after the 20-minute mark, um, you know, really picked up. The story they told was great, you know, Jay White, you know, working over this guy uh, who, you know, just, you know, really, like, just working over this guy who, like, you know, came in, uh, you know, tired from the previous night and, you know, dominated f- for a while was good i you know the if the, the early part of it could have been a little more interesting maybe I, you know just his heat segment just did not grab me at all but you know the other little minor complaint i would have with it too is they they did a lot of work to set up a leg submission uh which i guess does he still call it the tto I, you would you would know liam is it, the
1: it changes depending on the opponent okay so, so i guess it would be the
3: ito here yes uh which you know that that stuff was good but also like they... You know, he did the few Dragon screws to set it up, and then it felt like we never really went back to that again, uh, you know, before they, they went back to it towards the end. It just felt a little like... I don't know. felt like we were missing something, either more leg like work or more like selling, at least, from Coda to make that kind of stand out to me a little more. But, you know, the entire... These are like picking out flaws of the match I thought were awesome. And I'm sure there's a couple people here they are going to say it's even more awesome than I thought. So that's where I'm at. I have four and a quarter... Um, you know, it's like my, f- I, I ranked these, it's like my fourth favorite match of the two nights, uh, which is not, again, not an insult on in this match. Just, I thought these were two fucking awesome shows. So, uh, yeah, that's where I'm at with this. A really, really awesome match that, uh, I'm quite sure other people have even higher than I do. Cause it just dragged a little bit for me at times. Uh, I'll start with you, Chris. What did you think of Koda Ibushi and Jay White?
4: I like wavered on it. I like, it, there were there were certain points where i was like what are we what are we doing here where we where are we going and like uh, the the jay white working the leg thing for me is always about the kamigoye and and like they they've told that story in, in the in the past in one of the three matches they've had too and it worked for him so um but ultimately like as the match progressed the the pacing was such that like you ke- i kept thinking we were headed into the finish and, and it, it didn't end and it would go through another kind of kind of like, you know, cycle. And I think they did a really good job pacing a match that they, for whatever reason, went really long on. And, you know, by the end of it, I was convinced that it could go either way and that all of a sudden, J-White could snap out of, you know, the haze he was in or Ibushi could, um, you know, put it all together and, and then, and then the match. And, you know, for me, anytime a match is in question like that, that's when I get really invested, obviously. So, um, I loved it. I thought it was great. I didn't mind the time so much. I didn't notice it until the, 25-minute call honestly um you know i think most jay white matches start about the same with the same similar pacing so that didn't it it wasn't even really jarring for me but then once they went past say 35 and they hadn't even like teased a big finish i it felt like it was going to go really long and and it did um but i think it worked for it i think they they did a, a good job um pacing it out if if this was the the goal that they wanted
3: uh want to jump in liam i know obviously you're heartbroken that uh jay white couldn't get the win i remember him like reaching for those belts at the end of the match like for the long for private the rest of my life because i yes, was such a great yes. character born by him yeah like he's just like but i'm supposed to have them they're supposed to yep. be mine yeah just a great moment
1: so i feel so i have to take an l here obviously because i called jay winning this match and so that obviously didn't happen and i actually don't mind that um i remember going to dash three years ago after that tanahashi match at Wrestle kingdom I'm wearing a Switchblade shirt, like the original before Chaos Switchblade shirt. And some guy, some British guy, came up to me, kind of drunk, and he was like, "What are you doing wearing that dork's shirt?" <laughs> and I was like, you know, in in you know that accent. And I, t- I basically very calmly told him, like, in five years, this guy will be main eventing the, to- the Tokyo Dome, and he will be outshining everyone on the card. And I might take an L on the, um, you know, the results match, but I take a W on predicting that. This is one of the best matches I've ever seen um i thought the pacing was incredible i thought the performance from both Abushi and white were outstanding um i thought like i'm gonna gush about white a little bit i thought he came in here and took absolute control of this massive building and was the absolute star of this match he his execution of moves his charisma his character work his gradual realization that he's not going to win this was just fucking outstanding um I'm so proud of him, and I am a little sad that this is probably the end of this arc for him. The leg, um, the leg
3: hold, especially when he's like just screaming at him and yeah. going like, "Yet, yeah, why would you just tap out? The belts are mine." Yeah, really, yeah. really good character work from him. That is for yeah. sure.
1: Yeah. So I am just blown away by this performance, and blown away by Boucher's performance as well. I'm blown away by this, by this match.
3: smash. Uh, Jeff, you are also very, very high on this. So go ahead, and what did you think? Of the
5: I went the full five. So. Uh, I think it's genuinely wrong to give an opinion about a match, any level of moral force. Uh, With that being said, anyone under five on this is wrong and bad. And I refuse to debate it beyond (laughs) sticking my tongue out at them and saying they're wrong like a donkey. I'm not doing this match fucking ruled. Uh, Jay to me feels like the modern evolution of an eighties territory heel, which I borderline (laughs) fetishize. That's just the kind of match I like. This was had, for me, it was like the perfect pacing for what I expect from a main event. Um, these two have fantastic chemistry and that Jay uh, really plays with the idea of momentum a lot. And he is constantly cutting off Ibushi in this match when Ibushi starts to get ahead. And the, the way they played with like the normal formula of a New Japan match, where like Chris had mentioned, uh, they made you think they were going to the finish, and then they didn't and they just continued to like add layers to the match. There were sections of the match. just They continued to stack on top of one another, and you couldn't really tell when it was going to go to the finish uh, because they teased something like that so many times. Uh, while this was long, and I usually disliked that about a New Japan match, this was done in a different way that stuck out, and I, if this is what I could expect from a New Japan main event going forward, I don't give a fuck how long it is. It was great.
3: Yeah, and, and I guess you don't give a fuck about interference either, because I had a lot of that. Nope. Okay. I'm just saying, I'm just saying for, I want to get that on the record, because, you know, I, I was told uh, repeatedly that interference is like, you know, the devil and destroyed New Japan. Bad
5: interference sucks, but I, uh, I, I have always maintained that interference when done, so I like Raven, right? Like, I like Raven's ECW run. The reason is the interference in his matches was uh, well choreographed, uh, I thought Evil's interference stuff was a little bit lazy, but I think people are also probably stretching it with him a bit. It was never really the issue with the matches for me. It was a part of the problem, but people who made it like, "Oh, interference has killed New Japan," just
3: get the fuck up the street. I mean, they've been doing it since fucking twenty thirteen. I mean, I yeah, I, this I, isn't I, that's it, been my whole that's been my whole thing with this. It's just like they, there's a there's a spot in this match where Gato gets up on the apron to distract. Uh, Kota Ibushi, when he's about to do the Phoenix plus to Jay, Phoenix plus to Jay White, that is literally lifted from a match from five years ago. Right. So they've been doing this long enough to do a spot that's a callback to another Ibushi title match from five fucking years ago, and people are acting like this is some kind of new development. Well, and I mean, so the other,
5: so the other thing for me with the with the interference is, in a lot of promotions, like WWE, if somebody interferes, they never get their comeuppance. They just don't. That's true. So. Too.
3: That's
5: so, Gato, the Gato, Gato got
3: destroyed here with Abushi with a huge smile It always
5: happens. The same thing happened to the Tanahashi match. Well, Gato same, came in, he got the shit smacked out of him, and then Tanahashi rolled up Jay. Like, I mean, Dick
3: Togo got destroyed too. Yeah,
5: I, mean, I mean, yeah, it's true. It's always building to that. It's always building to some babyface payoff. They don't just do heat and then laugh about it and go on about their lives. i mean, not with, neutering with, their with faces With AJ
3: Styles doing it, it was building to Red Shoes telling the entire ball Club <laughs> to suck it. And setting them off the back so they could lose the title.
5: And and they did the same thing with Jay White in the G1 Climax with Fubushi. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I think for all the talk about long-term storytelling in New Japan, you'd think these people would have some fucking patience. Um, but
3: Nobody has any patience, I guess. I don't know. Um, <laughs> and my
5: only other comment on this is... And by the way, I, I'm part of that too. I'm not going like, to pretend I didn't have reservations. I absolutely was impatient with some of the shit, but it was more about match quality than it was... That, anyway, um, I think Jay losing was actually the best outcome for him.
3: Well, he's gonna try, uh, I, I think he gets. Does he get kicked out of Bullet Club tomorrow? Anyone want to throw that take out there? Yes. Yep, yeah. He's done. Yeah. He's I, gone. I think yep. he gets kicked out tomorrow. It's, that's I think he's he, gone. Yeah. I think
1: he had to win this, and, like, one of the things I was thinking was, like, if they go to a draw here, does he still get kicked out for not getting the job done? The
3: the only thing that gives me a little bit of pause is Evil did lose too, so maybe they both go, like, well, you lost, well, you lost, so they do, like, another month of, like, the two of them, you know, fucking both trying to say they're the leader of Bullet Club, but then, I mean, if they do that, I mean, it's happening and like... Like it'll happen it'll just happen in the new beginning Tour instead in other words like, it's absolutely it's happening it's definitely yeah. coming yeah
5: yeah now but what I do hope and I so a lot of people want Jay White to become a white meat baby face I don't want that I want him to become like a cunning kind of
3: he's a join I, I mean he's a joint LIJ. Oh
5: god don't don't give me hope
3: <laughs> He's a but joint L.I.J. He and Naito he joined, are like he and Naito have this weird chemistry and he would be he would be great and like uh, they're like the, they're like the shit-eating faces, and he would be the the shit-eating grin face. I mean,
5: okay, but are you comfortable with Naito moving down the card in that case? Because he's absolutely doing that.
3: No, I mean they're going to be they would be like co-leaders. I don't know. <laughs> I don't. I haven't seen. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. That, well, okay, look, I'm I'm putting this out there again. If people still doubt me, Naito does not go backstage yesterday and say, "I am main eventing the Tokyo Dome again." If he's not main eventing the Tokyo Dome again, he just would not do that. He's absolutely so, yeah. I don't yeah.
5: think they'll actually. Team, but I or maybe they do in some. I don't. I don't, know. I don't
3: actually think Jay White's could to join like I'm making no. Uh, I'm making no. a joke, but I think.
5: I think they could team. I absolutely think they could team. Anyway, like once, the point kind of
3: anyway. The point is, uh I do. They're either turning on Jay tomorrow or they're turning on Jay at the end of New Beginning. So. I agree. Uh Okay, John, you haven't gotten to say anything yet. So, anything about the match? Or anything what are we yet? talking about again? We're talking about. <laughs> <the machine. laughs> So yeah, it happens when you right. have when you have four guests, you know?
0: <laughs> uh yeah, no. Um, I, I I thought it was interesting that you brought up Ibushi and uh, Okada from last year because while that similarly had was losing me in the first ten, twelve minutes, uh the reward in Ibushi and Okada for me was like ten molten incredible minutes. And this grabbed me for like thirty thirty five straight where I was just completely gripped. And uh This match, I thought, like, took a lot on its back and succeeded. Um, Like, the stuff with, like, Jay standing up to, you know, psycho murder Ibushi and not backing down and just getting dropped over and over and then being frustrated on the outside and screaming while he's throwing him into the rails. It did a lot for, like, establishing Ibushi as the scary champ and just building this character that's going to become... that's going to... it's going to develop into a face turn for Jay. And, uh... Just like huge match. Uh,
3: it was really fun just to see him get mad because he never gets mad about anything really. So like to get, see him get that angry and screaming, fuck you and like throwing him back and forth was really cool.
0: Yeah. Uh, I think again, I, I, like Liam said before, I think like Jay was the star of this match. Uh, I mean, Abushi was great too. By the end, you know, Ibushi came off like a world-class champ and I'm excited for that reign because of how the night ended. But uh, I thought Jay was tremendous. Um, And I also thought Jeff said something that I wish I'd just said a bunch of times whenever this topic came up. Uh, Good interference is good and bad interference is bad. What a simple concept. (laughs) What Uh, a neat little sentence that I wish I'd said a long time ago. So Uh, at the,
3: yeah. Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I thought you were done.
0: Oh, no, no. I mean, I just, well, I was going to say, like, even in this match, like, when Gato came in, I thought that was a little dicey only because of how late in the match it was. But I thought they handled that neatly. And, uh, you know, I thought this match just kept escalating and escalating and escalating in a way like I couldn't, every time I thought I was worn out, it would escalate just a little more. Um, and I guess, uh, I was going to circle back to the Gato run uh, talking about that, but yeah, I don't know. I like the match a lot. I think, uh, there's not much more I could say that everyone else didn't already cover.
5: Oh, did right. you go five or are you a coward?
0: No, I'm a total coward. I can I, I couldn't go five. You I, fucking I coward. To, I gotta preserve <laughs> these fives. I only got I knew, so many fives in the bag, you know.
3: I mean you <laughs> So, so what did you did you want four and three quarters? I
0: don't know. Four and three, four probably four and three. Like when when the match was over, I didn't know how to how to star rate it, you know? Yeah, like,
3: I didn't know either. I was coming back and forth. I, like I think to... it,
0: it's it's sticking it feels like it's gonna stick with me in a real big way
3: like for me so. i just didn't i just didn't like it as much as the four and a half star matches from this, these two shows so i didn't think i should give it four and a half so that's why i went four and a quarter but uh you know it's all fucking bullshit anyway who cares but let's right. uh, the other the other <laughs> thing uh at the end of the show of course uh is sonata coming out to challenge ibushi now, everybody freaked the fuck out about this because, of course, they did. I'm going to make two big points here that I would like you to, uh, you the listener, uh, if you're one of these people freaking out about Sonata, which I, you're probably not because you have good enough taste to listen to Wrestling Omakase. But uh, <laughs> let's just, you know, let's pretend for a second you're one of these people who's freaking out about uh, Sonata. First of all, you, if you're paying attention, he said he was going to challenge the winner, uh, whoever walks out the double titles, if he be Evil about 500 times. Uh, that may be, that may be like understating it. Like he said that a whole bunch of times in a bunch of interviews. And I think he put it on Instagram. Like he was very, he may as well have taken out a fucking skywriter over Tokyo that said, I will challenge the dome winner.
0: Yeah, but, like, uh, I know the planet's doomed to global warming. That doesn't make it any less bad news, right? Anyway,
3: well, that's that's number one. But people acted, people acted shocked, John. So that's, that's what I'm dealing with, first of all. It's like, if you didn't know Sonai was challenging here, you weren't paying attention. He said it very over and over and over again. And, you know, he had a very, easy, he a very easy explanation. He beat a former double champion twice in a row. He thinks he deserves a title shot. Makes perfect sense. Second of all, if you're complaining, he's fucking challenging for... Fucking new beginning in Hiroshima or new beginning in Nagoya. Who gives a shit? Like people acting it- like, I assume I don't know unless they're gonna do a New Year Dash tomorrow. Is that what you're? No, I was
1: yours? thinking they've got those two Osaka Joe four shows,
3: right? Special. But I they have two tours though, so I I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm wrong. I I I assumed, you know, because they have three shows here, uh, yeah, you know, that they have to have a tail defense on one of those three especially when they don't have that many belts. I mean, I just figured Sonata is going to be a challenger for one of those New Beginning shows. And they have a whole other tour for Castle Attack with its own Road 2 shows. So, you know, I, I assume they'll have another challenger for Castle Attack. That's my that's my assumption. Yeah. So, yeah. anyway. Uh, he's challenging, probably. He's probably challenging for fucking New Beginning. I mean, look, the man has challenged for New Beginning before. I mean, this is not that big a deal. It's not like it's... Uh, you know, like New Beginning Challenger isn't really not that big a spot, you know? It's not like this is some fucking it's not the fucking main event of Minion. Like I hate to tell you. So you But know, how many
4: times can Sonata <laughs> lose?
3: <laughs> well that's a I different was, that's a different discussion. That's yeah different,
4: Well, but that's evidently quite that's a part lot. of the concern. I mean
3: <laughs> Um I think he could win.
4: I think he can win too.
3: Okay, well, that you guys can put that take out there. I don't. I, I would give him like zero point zero percent chance. But I think uh, it's a small percent
1: chance. But I think he'd absolutely win. Okay. Um, New beginning, like they've done two rocket pushes to the main event and New Beginning Four, so there's no reason why they couldn't do it for a third time.
4: And just, evil was the double champ, like oh, three months ago.
3: No, that's fair. I just, I, you really think they're gonna give Ibushi a like? Okay, I absolutely
5: were, don't think he's winning.
3: If they were gonna give Ibushi a one month reign. Like if if Will Osprey came out to challenge him, I'd be a little more worried because that seems like the kind of thing they would do. They're not going to have another baby face, be a baby face to start their big baby face title right. Like I don't know, unless he's turning. I guess it's possible, but it just it seems very weird to be like, hey, you waited for Kota Ibushi to win the double titles, uh, now Senna's so going to beat him in a month. Like it seems like you, they usually try to avoid doing that kind of thing to, um, you know avoid having the Ibushi fans like resent Sonata, right? So that's why hey, I don't I think fuck, this... Fuck the Ibushi fans. <laughs> I'm just saying, that's he, what
5: I... Yeah, they got their shot. They're like the Naito fans now. You won your okay. title. Just eat shit now. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I'm giving I'm giving the explanation why I don't think it's going to happen. But anyway, uh, you know, I think Ibushi... I don't think Ibushi will be a long champion. I mean, it's just, you know, he, we went over this in the DET episode. He, he never really is. Um... You know, I think he'll either lose a at castle attack or he'll lose that at uh Sakura Genesis. Uh but I don't know, just not I, I just don't see him losing to Sonata at New Beginning. I think he'll you know, I think it's gonna go to Will Osprey next, which people are gonna love. But I think that is I think castle Will Ospreay Tech.
5: The Empire?
3: Yeah, yeah. I think Will is gonna win the titles get that little heel, establish the belt ring. But that's just uh it's not what I want to happen for the record. It's just what I'm predicting. So, before anybody tries to cancel it. Uh, Anyway. (laughs) But anything else about this main event, or Sonata challenging, or anything else before I move on? No? Okay. So, let's go to the semi-main event, which is for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight title. Hiromu Takahashi defeating Taiji Ishimori in 25-31 with the Time Bomb 2. Hiromu becomes the 88th Junior Heavyweight Champion. He's third reign with the belt i think or for me is it fourth i don't even know Fourth, it is fourth okay there you go uh but yeah this was uh this was another fucking incredible match i mean just really really awesome stuff here um you know the first 10 minutes were, were really good like had all that kind of wild stuff you'd expect uh you know the, the room would like hitting this enormous german suplex to counter a handstand attack from Taiji which I think he's done before but it always looks great and then Ishimori comes back with this Canadian destroyer out of nowhere but the the match like really went to another level when Ishimori just starts fucking pummeling Hiromu with these elbow shots like he's screaming which is like echoing through the dome which is like another example of where the unique atmosphere actually worked to their advantage where you would not have that much of an echo with a normal crowd that's able to react like normal uh he's just like fuck it's just the entire thing just looked brutal. Uh you know, Horomu is just like collapsing. Uh and then you like, Ishimori just won't let him be, it wasn't like an elbow exchange. He wouldn't let Hiromu do anything, just kept rocking him with these elbows. Uh, you know, finally like does his last sliding elbow. Hiromu's selling like he's completely out and he's one of the best in the world at doing that, so that that's obviously great. And then Ishimori goes to the you know, back to the shoulder that he uh you know he targeted and won the uh, the match with that uh you know back at Jingu, and it all sets up him getting the Lami- the into the yes lock, um, you know he goes for the uh they get that stranglehold the bone lock I think it's called again too, uh but Hiromu finally makes his big comeback and uh, hits the running Death Valley Driver to the exposed corner, uh, hits the time bomb Ishimori kicks out two. they do a big counter sequence at the end and. Roma gets out of the Yes Lock again and then counters the Bloody Cross into this, like, almost even more, like, uh, like faster or high-angle victory royale than he normally does, and then hits the Time Bomb 2 for the win. Uh, yeah, I thought this was so fucking awesome. I went four and a half on this. Uh, not as good as their Best of Super Junior 2018 final. A little better than the Jingu match, I thought, which I also loved. But yeah, these, these two just have amazing chemistry, and they just always—they oh, never— uh, you know, they never go out there and have anything other than an awesome match. Uh and I this was I this was my match of the night, I think. I mean it's really close between this and another match we're gonna talk about, but I, I love this match, so this is the one I'm going with, I think. Uh, John, I'll start with you this time. What did you think of Hiromu and Ishimori?
0: I was saying before this match started that even though I know these two always hit when they're together, it's hard to get excited for me because all the you know all the hype when these two are together comes from that 2018 match, but ever since then Ishimori has felt less and less relevant. Um, his last title reign felt like it was just a way to get the belt off of Kashida, uh, and you know when he won the belt this time, I like gasped when he won in Jingu. It made no sense to me. It felt like he'd been downcycled for so long, and I guess that speaks to what I was saying last night about how there's not a lot left in that division when you've lost so much talent in it. But uh that said, like Ishimori still rules whenever he's in there with Hiromu. This match, the way so the Jingu match, I loved how it was just a sprint. It was the junioriest match you could have. And this one being so different made me love even love the Jingu match and uh retroactively even more than I did. Uh like the 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 way the tone shifted when Ishimori starts blasting him with those elbows was so sick. Uh it ruled and just kind con- like I said, uh, the big thing for me was the way it balanced off their last match, which I also loved, uh, killer match. Uh,
3: Jeff, what did you think of this one? Uh,
5: so I'm actually the low man on it. It's my least favorite four star match of all time because it like, so on a personal level, uh, it just does some things that I just like out of matches. Uh, I thought Hiromu running into the same elbow for what seemed like five minutes, just over and over uh was kind of I get that he's crazy, but it went from crazy to just okay, he's just being dumb. Uh and while like I thought the spot was cool because it was stiff and that's kinda up my alley. I just I don't know, I didn't care for that as much as like people did and I thought him running into it and then they were they had that great sequence following and I thought it would have been a great finish. I thought that could have been the finish. Um and then it wasn't and then it went and then it went and I, that great section there in the middle just kind of lost impact for me. Um, and I know that that happens a lot of matches now, but it's just, if I watch you elbowed in the face 46 times, I feel like that can be a suitable finish. Um, I also did, I, I didn't like the ramp spot where Hiromu like took five minutes walking up the ramp to do a drop kick. Just that kind of stuff doesn't land for me. Um, but obviously, the work in the match was fantastic. I mean, these two are great in-ring guy, you know, workers, so uh, I thought the work itself was fine. I just, from a psychology standpoint, some of it didn't land
1: with me.
3: Uh, what did you think, Liam? Um,
1: I have, like, no hyperbole or no, like... I actually, like, I really like this match, but I have very little say about it. Yishibori put in a ton of effort, which she doesn't always do. Um, Hiromu is Hiromu. Um... I thought this was very good I don't think it was a patch on the Koroku and Best of Super Junior, Junior final which will probably never be topped by these two um these two need to not touch for a while now like get them away from each other um Hiromu ha- called out someone in the post-match which is interesting but um oh who do you call in, like out? the backstage injuries I uh, called out Sho. oh
3: uh, well yeah Sho did beat him in the Best of Super Junior so that yeah. makes sense yeah
1: so yeah. that's the next match which I'm like
3: yeah.
1: eh eh um, I-, I love yeah, the Best of
3: Super Junior match so I got no problem with that
1: yeah okay I I will decline the comment over there. But um <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I thought this is a very good match, and I really have nothing more
3: to say about it. Uh, okay, Chris, I guess what would you think here of Hiromu and <laughs> I guess similarly, oh, <laughs> similarly, I, I I was trying to go. I... I was trying to go through my head. Like, am I doing the order right? Is it, <laughs> is, is it going back and forth? But
4: um, similarly, I, I liked it a lot, but I, I don't have a ton to say about it. I do like Hiromu trying to speak a junior main event at the Tokyo Dome into existence. Um, that. That's something that something sound like he was shrieking about after uh, on his way back to, down the aisle. So, I I would love that. Um, I don't know who it would be against though. I don't know that the division has enough, uh, you know, a challenger hot enough to to make any sense of that. But well, uh,
1: but go ahead. Sorry. No,
4: yeah. What's up? I
1: was just I was just gonna say they have a main event junior now. Um, the same main event junior who main evented Budokan. That would be the main event, but you <laughs> know. Mm. <laughs> when we, will, we will see we will see when this made of it junior gets the made
3: of it the tokyo dome
4: i see what you're doing
3: <laughs> uh yeah there you go
4: there might be <laughs> something to squeeze out there though but yeah i mean match was match was great i love junior heavyweight wrestling i love hiromu i love taiji ishimori to be honest and um you know because i'm that guy this is the this was the longest junior heavyweight uh title match in Tokyo Dome history oh, wow. and one of the one of the longer uh ever to be perfect no, Wait, was 20, over,
3: 25 31 over
4: 25 yeah
3: that that's a long wow you would have think like Liger would have had some long ones or something
4: or I mean I guess you would have thought Osprey and Hiromu would have gone longer than that last year so but what they, they oh yeah where'd they go I think they were 24 yeah. so I mean they're about the same but um I mean, yeah uh, a lot, some longer matches on a shorter card, I guess. So that made that kind of adds up.
3: Yeah. Uh, match number four was Sonata defeating Evil in twenty three forty with a moonsault. Uh, <laughs> there's a lot to say about this, so I'm going to try to be a little brief because I don't want to go an hour and a half again today. Um, first of all, if it's been six months of these COVID-era shows, if you still cannot tell or pretend not to tell, I think, in a lot of cases, when this cra- when the crowds are into matches and when they're not into matches. Like, I don't know what to tell you at that point. Like, it, there's very obvious cues. I mean, if they clap way louder, that's a cue. If they're making audible reactions of any kind when they're not supposed to, that, you know, that's a clue. Um, I mean, it's really not that hard to tell, honestly. I mean, sometimes they're into it and sometimes they're not. It's just, you know, they're if they go a long time without clapping, they're probably not that into it. Um, they were into this match, and I saw people with the take that they weren't, and, again, there is nothing wrong with you, the listener, if you thought this match sucked, if you think Evil and Sonata suck, that's fine. You don't have to, you don't have to project your opinion onto these, uh, 7,800 or whatever the fuck it was, Japanese people in the Tokyo Dome. You know it's fine if they like this match and they like these wrestlers, and you don't you know there there's lots of stuff that I watch uh and have watched over the years that gets a huge reaction to the live crowd that I can't fucking stand or that's fucking terrible it I never crossed my mind to be like, well, you know this this whatever this thing I hated just wasn't that over. It's like no, these two guys are over, and this match was over, and you know you you, you can just admit that you don't have to you know, make shit up and pretend that, you know, they weren't over just because you didn't like them. I mean, your opinion and their opinion does not have to be the same. It's fine. That's the first thing I wanted to say. Uh, second thing I wanted to say, this match ruled. I mean, I thought this was really good. Um, you know, I won four stars on it, four stars flat. Um, you know, I mean, I guess it, like like we keep saying, if you were expecting rings, you know, I, I'm sure you were disappointed, but like uh, knowing what it was going to be going in, I thought they, they did about the best job they could have done with it. I mean, just, uh, you know, the, the action was really good. I just, you know, the, all all the stuff they did was really good. Uh, you know, Sonata had a really nice, uh, you know, Tiger suplex hold at one point. Um, you know, they were doing the, the finisher trading stuff looked good. Um, you know, the, the run-ins were, were timed really well with Dick Togo. And it led to, like, a great spot where, like, uh, well, Great slash kind of funny Where Tiktoko like does an elbow Basically elbow drops a table When he collides with evil uh, And like falls backwards and just crashes Through this table which is again one of those spots I'm going to remember for, for a very long time And a great example of them paying off Like we talked about earlier uh, You know, the, the heels getting their comeuppance there um, But yeah and then Sonata takes advantage Of that with an O'Connor roll And almost beats evil just like he did the G1 which Which was a great great near fall and but evil comes back with this awesome lariat which you know he I, I like it when he reminds people he can still do that kind of stuff uh but then sonata comes back by hitting the evil on evil you know hits the sco on him hits this big pop-up tko and then follows that, that up with a moonsault for the pin and the crowd again to my original point they break the covid protocols to react to that finish in case you somehow still think sonata's not over this match isn't over uh, yeah, this was awesome. I went four stars. I mean, it was goofy at times, so I get, you know, if, like, if somebody else tells me they didn't like this match, I totally get it. If you just don't like these two guys and you can't stand the spoilers choker and, you know, Dick Togo elbow dropping through a table, I get it. But I thought this was great. I had a blast with it. And, you know, I couldn't go lower than four on a match that I enjoyed pretty much from start to finish. Uh, John, I guess I will start with you this time. What did you have here for Evil and Sonata? You want, so like, El Fantasma, more, right? Any more evil fans? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I'm
0: gonna take a couple deep breaths before I start. I drank some water. <laughs> now uh, I like this match a lot. Um, believe it or not, because uh, my thing with these two, uh, with Sonata and Evil, for different reasons, is the the place I enjoy them both least is the main event, and below that, I think they're lovely. <laughs> um, so. Uh, you know, I I wanted this, so I was excited for this match because of um, you know, the moment where Sonata snapped on Evil. And going into this show, I was hoping this would be like a real nasty brawl between these two. And it wasn't. It was kind of silly, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, As soon as like that paradise, as soon as the paradise lock happened that early, you knew you were just having like a fun little romp, which was I think to the benefit of the show, this was sandwiched between two pretty intense matches. And this felt like a you know, a nice, like, cute breath of fresh air. I had a good time.
3: Uh, yeah, pro wrestling is allowed to be fun. You know, I mean, this was right. just a fun match. I get, I totally get that. And I that is kind of a critique, I guess. That's not a didn't come out here like all House of Fire, like he was at the Budokan. But once I got over that, I thought the match was great. So I can't really. sit and and I, I really think, think
0: it was the right. In the end, it was the right choice, especially yeah. for where it was placed in the show. Um, and you know, like here's another like the way Dick Togo was used in this match. You know he didn't he didn't stretch out a he didn't ruin a forty five minute match. He popped in for a second I said during the match at this point Dick togo showing up uh you know pulling a ref out and doing his own set of moves is pretty much like one of evil's signature moves at this point. You just gotta yeah you know allow it to happen but here it didn't it didn't disrupt the match that bad and by the time Dick Togo does the elbow drop himself through the table. <laughs>
3: I watched. Whole, I, watched no, I,
0: the I, gif. Like, I watched the give. I watched the give that like five times. It was so. It <laughs> big. was great. You know, I, I just I was smiling and laughing. I mean, and for what it's worth, it wasn't all like. I thought Sonata and Evil worked hard. That yeah. one lariat you pointed out, I thought was so sick. Yeah. Uh, you know, it was good. I you know three and like a fun three and a half. It was a it was a nice little break between the two matches. Uh, it was sandwiched between.
3: Uh, Chris, what do you think about Evil and Sonata?
4: Uh, yeah, I'm glad that this is the approach that they took as opposed to like the the bitter grudge match, like trying to match Osprey and Okada the night before. Um, this was, you know, well done, well put together. It was the like very typical heel gets their come up and story a- against their former tag partner that they kind of pseudo turned against earlier in the year, right? So this was the culmination of evil and um, evil and Lij. Really, it was like the last step, the last person that you know he needed to you know uh, battle with. So, uh, had a good time. I like Sonata. Um, I know that's a divisive take in its own way too, but I think Sonata is a really good wrestler. Um, so you know, singles matches with Sonata usually land with me, and and this one's no different because evil also has like really good subtle comedy timing which kind of worked with the dick uh, togo thing so um this was probably my favorite evil match since the turn if that counts for anything because it was just kind of fun
3: yeah i mean i like I, uh, to me i like the evil naito power struggle match better for sure probably at least one other one but i definitely think it was up there they the, that yoshihashi one he had in the g1 too Exact I was just Saber walking G-
0: back to the computer to unmute to bring up the Yoshihashi match. Yeah, Zach yeah, Jr. You got it covered.
3: <laughs> yeah, there's, there's, he had some good ones, but I, you know, I totally get it. If this is your favorite because there was a, you know, it was a really good match. Uh, Liam, what do you think here about Evil and Sonata?
1: So in the JCast Discord, where I usually reside during these shows, um, someone posted a Evil Sonata Wrestle Kingdom 15 bingo card.
3: Yeah, um, I saw that. And the b-
1: and the bingo card has all these like different types of bullshit that happens during these matches on it and by the end of this match i think it had like 12 or 13 squares (laughs) marked off um and i was like okay okay that's cool that's cool um this match had all the bullshit um and sometimes like you know i think the complaint about too much bullshit like i don't know I i don't think it's like totally valid but um I, I, sometime, sometimes you got to have a match where like the bullshit just washes over you like a wave washing you off a beach <laughs> <laughs> and you turn your brain off and you don't think like oh this is a four and a half sound or where it is but just like this is a fun entertaining ride I'm going on that I'm just like what's going to happen what's the story what's, you know, how is our lovely hero Seiya Sonata, going to overcome and he did because Seiya Sonata is a beautiful man who overcomes all the adversity that he faces um, yeah I really enjoyed this um, I thought it was a ton of fun uh, I'm very curious what they do with eel now because he's kind of a dork. Um, You're not wrong. <laughs> he's like, like yeah, he is getting you know. He's gonna like,
3: at... he's gonna like kill Jay White is what's gonna happen. That's yeah. what that's okay. gonna that's well, why that's, that's gonna be his moment, I guess. To get yeah, something. like just like they, yeah, like probably bloody him or something.
1: I hope so. I, well, I don't. Well, no comment. Yeah, um, yeah I, I, thought, I thought I thought this was fun. I thought this is like a fun match, um, and I think if you think. Sonata sucks, you can go kick rocks
3: uh, Jeff is going to jump in here to be the, the grump now, I think so Jeff, what do you think about you Sonata?
1: Yeah, I'm going to be the Grinch
5: I thought it sucked <laughs> I, I, Now look, I will say this uh, people who don't think the crowd was into it are just being blatantly dishonest uh, it's fine to say you don't like something and then acknowledge that the crowd was into it which is what this was I didn't like it, I don't like the fucking Paradise Lock I hate that shit, but the crowd likes it so uh, it's certainly not going to move it up my list because of that, but you know that doesn't fucking matter. Um, I do think it's a little strange that the people who were kind of pushed back against the people who are oh god, lost my headphones.
3: Uh, people <laughs> uh,
5: who are pushing back against the people who were anti-osprey with well, the crowd won't care. You know they'll they'll still like them. Uh, are doing the same exact thing with Sonata Evil. I don't like them. I don't like that they're being pushed at this level right now. Uh, clearly the crowd likes them. And uh, I just use it as an excellent opportunity to browse Twitter.
3: So. <laughs> uh, what are you going to do? I think No accounting for bad taste, as they say. Right. Uh, uh, <laughs> anyway, so there you go. <laughs> uh, that's that. It's not a Be Evil. Beat the double champ two times in a row, and he thus came out to challenge Ibushi, which was Ibushi, which is perfectly logical and uh, also foreshadowed. So, anyway, next match, match number three Shingo Takagi defeating Jeff Cobb in 21 11 with the Last of the Dragon to retain the never open weight title. Uh, holy fuck, this rocked! I mean, like, Hell yeah. really, really, really rocked. I mean, I don't, I don't, I mean, look. Everybody knows the deal with Shingo, by now. I don't think we really have to say much about him. So I wanted to point out Jeff Cobb because Jeff Cobb, like, I can't think of the last time a wrestler was on a run that was so fucking mediocre, like Jeff Cobb's run in New Japan was before joining the Empire, and, you know, had a turn, he, you know, made a turn one way or the other. Usually in this case, it's heel, but made the heel turn. And, like, instantly revitalized his run in that promotion. I mean, he has gone from being, like, a guy I, you know, I, I didn't actively dislike him. But just, like, if I was going to make a list of my favorite wrestlers in New Japan, he'd probably be, like, lo- pretty low tier, like, right above the guys that I actively dislike. And now he's, like, one of, you know, not, I, I can't say one of my favorites, but he'd be in the upper mid, you know? I mean, he, he fucking killed it here. I mean, just throwing Shingo all over the fucking place. This match is just basically two big dudes suplexing the shit out of each other, larding the piss out of each other, just throwing each other all over the place. Jeff Cobb, you know, he hit this f- amazing pile driver on Shingo when Shingo, uh, you know, almost got counted out. Like, he basically gets him right at 19, which Shingo did a great job with that count out tea. It's Just a really, really good job. And the moment he gets back in the ring, Jeff Cobb just... F- grabs him and drills him into the mat, which is, like, maybe the spot of the night. Just an amazing spot. Um, you know, just, you know, Cobb even sold the leg really well when he couldn't uh, go for the pin or for the tour of the islands. Uh, just, you know, just this, this fucking rocked. Blew me away. I thought it would be really good, but I did not think it would be, like, you know, uh, four and a half stars good, which is what I have it at. Uh, and Cobb is just, like, just, again, just incredibly just turned his whole New Japan career around with this heel turn. I mean, He went from a guy who was doing nothing, who was going nowhere, and now he's, like, you know, up there, uh, you know, and toward the top of the company. Uh, but yeah, just a really, 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 uh, great match here. And, you know, I'm not too surprised if Shingo won, but, uh, you know, we'll, we'll have to see where the never belt goes from here. I guess I really don't have any idea. But, yeah, just an outstanding match. Uh, I guess Jeff will start you this time. What did you think of Shingo and Cobb?
5: Uh, this ruled. Uh, I also went four and a half on this. Um, I was not sold on Cobb when he came to New Japan. In fact, I was actually a little let down that they signed him. Uh, I was fucking wrong. Eating a humongous L here. This ruled. Uh, so this year, and I think it'll probably actually for the last two or three, uh, I feel like a lot of never matches feel. Like they are matches trying to be never matches. If that makes sense. No, so I, to- I totally, every-
3: I totally get what you mean. Yeah.
5: Um, I feel like a lot. Like I don't know how many times I can watch Ishi and generic guy here, you know, Goto Shingo, Hanari, pick your poison, uh, do forearm exchanges and run into each other really hard. Uh, everything in this match felt earned.
3: Do you know where? Do you uh, know where that that formula jumped the shark? Was that Shingo Ishi match? From the, G, from the series g1 which is like I, I don't know like they did too many of them in a row and it just with those two guys specifically and that was like wow i just really wanted that match to end so, yeah nothing against um, both guys i mean i love both guys but i just i, I needed that match to end uh, <laughs> but um
5: but th- to me everything in this match felt earned even the throws they felt violent and it didn't feel like there was any um there was no one working with them, even like Shingo. So in the beginning, he was struggling to throw Cobb. So he used the momentum of the ropes to do a fucking cytosuplex, suplex, and that ruled. Um, this just felt like a fucking fight. This did have the... Uh, I don't know. I just... Yeah, I was really high on this match. Um, pro- I thought this was going to be my match of the night going in ac- after it happened, actually. Uh, turned out to be my second favorite, but this fucking ruled. <laughs> Uh, and I'm sticking by my take that Cobb is still the second best member of Empire. By the way.
3: Okay. Uh, who's the best?
5: In ring, uh, God. Okay, just get me canceled, why don't you, John? Yeah. Uh, In ring, Osprey's probably still the best.
3: But... Okay. Uh, what do you What do you think here, Liam?
1: So first, I want to note that the reason why the Never matches have been bad recently is because Ishii is bad now. Um, <laughs> Deep pu- de- 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 push him immediately, replacing, as I said yesterday, with Kojima, and the Never division would be 100 times
3: better. That is, um, folks, that but, is Liam McCann, not speaking for the Wrestling on Mikasa podcast before you all uh, unsubscribe from your Patreon
5: Liam, you beautiful man, that is a brave take.
1: Um, this fucking owned uh, I want these two to fight forever I want these two to, to you know just rip the fuck out of each other and successfully each sh- 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 up for 22 minutes every single night for the next two years um, I was super impressed by Cobb's cardio here especially like the first year he was in New Japan like the big criticism here was like he was getting really blown up in a lot of his G1 matches but he kept at an astonishing pace with um, Shingo at this point and really really like upped his game I think yeah, like easily his best um Um, New Japan match and I think Shingo I really like Shingo but I also think he can get a little rote sometimes a little formulaic and I think uh, Cobb was able to pull him out of that and pull some really interesting spots and some really interesting sort of sequences and um, I thought they were like a really really they have uh, amazing chemistry Um, and I want to like in summation um, I want to see these two fight for the never title like for perpetuity and Ishii can go get in the bin (laughs)
3: okay again Liam's take folks Liam's take uh, Chris Samsa, what'd you think of... Uh, I don't know why I said your last name. you only Chris here. What'd you think of the, uh, the Shingo and Jeff Cobb match?
4: I mean, what a fun brawl. What a violent 21-minute, you know, just... I mean, almost sprint, right? Like, these guys just kept going. Um, Cobb looked awesome. Um, this was the match I've wanted Jeff Cobb and Shingo to have in their previous interactions and they didn't and it was it fell flat and I'll think a lot of that looking back on that was just Cobb's lack of character direction right so like now at least Cobb's got some fire under him something to fight for um and and obviously Shingo is he's one of the best in the world and this was this was the one of the perfect jeff cobb matches and one of the perfect Shingo matches with like a big beefy guy so um i i enjoyed the hell out of it i'm glad they didn't do a title change here too i mean the never is just one of those titles that gets bounced every wrestle kingdom so i was just i was half expecting just jeff cobb's gonna win this i had that as a preconceived notion going into it so i was very surprised when shingo ended up with the victory even though i don't i don't think he's done in this um division by any means but it's just that's been the booking the past what six years. Yeah. The never the never title changes hands, so I was just waiting for it to happen. And, and Cobb looked so good that it was fine. Um, I, I would have been totally okay with it, but um, when Shingo pulled out the the win, I was I was surprised. And, and I always like to be surprised by the by the end of a match. So great match. These guys killed it. I can't wait for them to do it again. And I can't wait to see Jeff Cobb do this with other people too. Um, I want to see Jeff Cobb's next singles run be more of this and less of the smiling Hawaiian.
3: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's been, it's just so much better. such a better fit for him in new Japan. Uh, John, what'd you think of Shingo and Cobb?
0: So I've been really rooting for Jeff Cobb ever since he came in on that first G1. He seems like, he
3: seems like a really nice guy for all. Yeah. Right. So, uh,
0: and I was just a fan of his work before he came to new Japan. And I'm always excited for anything that can provide new, exciting matchups in new Japan. Um, But, uh, you know, the first G1 was a bummer. And uh, who could imagine that now there'd be all five of us unanimously talking about how excited we are about Jeff Cobb. Uh, It's great. And I I loved the first... uh, I loved the G1 match he had with Shingo. I thought that match was great. And I loved the way that it was built around Shingo having to reckon with his size. And I loved in this match how it began that way It used a lot of the same spots of Shingo having to use like momentum and leverage to get Jeff off the ground. And then over time Shingo just says, fuck it, I'm picking this guy up. And it's so, it's so cool that a guy who was in the best of the super juniors last year or two years ago, I should say now, uh, is hoisting up Jeff Cobb effortlessly in this match. Uh, and beyond that, like, like you guys said earlier, um, you know what you're getting with never title matches, and I love that never style match, but you can't help but get fatigued by it over time. Uh, you know, the Ishigoto circuit and Cobb offers this neat wrinkle uh that varies it up a little bit. And I what you know, I love Shingo, but I was like, I don't know how much more of these never matches. I'm not ready, like I'm I'm burnt out in these never matches. And this blew me away. Uh, it was, like, relentless. And I'm, like, um, I think Liam said Cobb's cardio. I couldn't believe the way he kept up with Shingo. This was a Shingo-paced match. And Cobb kept up. It was great. Totally, like, relentless match. I, uh, I was begging them to stop hurting each other by the end. Real good stuff.
3: Yeah. Uh, okay. Anyone else have final thoughts on... Any predictions about where the numbers are going from here? I have no idea. I, I don't
5: really have any never predictions, but I do hope that. Uh, so while I do think Cobb in the Never Vision is a cool little thing, I really want to see him get a world title match against one you know whoever has the title. I guess I think he can have a good, like him versus Naito sounds like it would own in a big spot.
0: Cobb would be yeah. a great filler defense, a great filler. Defense. Yes, yeah.
5: I really want to see him with like a Bushi or Naito, one of those guys who can just bump around for him. Um that would also be a great time to sh- maybe have a match that doesn't go 45 minutes <laughs> um, but yeah I mean a 25 minute match with him or night with him and uh, Bushi or Night just sounds like it'd be great
1: yeah. um, Ishii will challenge again and I'll go to sleep
3: <laughs> do you have any never prediction Chris? Um,
4: no honestly there's not there's not a ton of direction but I wouldn't be surprised if something comes up uh, on Dash
3: yeah probably
5: all right i think with uh, the never tanahashi for the never that'd be sick
4: i
0: think with the uh (laughs) with the never like shingo holding it and hopefully getting some fresh challengers could be a real great opportunity to make that belt matter in a real sense and not just in a like internet nerds like us get excited for it sense uh I was hoping it would go that way yeah, back when the... Suzuki took the belt from him.
3: My, because my, yeah, my fan with the Japanese fans is they don't give a shit about the NEVER title from all I can tell.
0: Totally, yeah, I don't <laughs> get the impression the title has. The only weight that title has with me is I know it'll be a good match, but I don't think the belt itself matters. Yeah. I'd like it for that belt to matter, and I think it's a, holding it for a while could help.
3: It's a weird title with an acronym based on a like, sub-roster show that they were doing for a long time and, like, in this fucking nightclub that doesn't even exist anymore, by the way. And then, like, the title, the show where the title, like, the title tournament happened, that was the final Never Show. And then they never had another Never Show again. And the titles lasted, like, fucking eight years after that. But it's, like, I don't know. It's, just, it's a very... Like, imagine getting into New Japan in, like, 2019 and asking, like, some fan, like, what's the Never title? Like, they're going to have to explain to you all that, basically, and you're going to be like, your eyes are going to glaze over. They're probably just going to tell you it's this weird title. That's probably what they're going to say. So it doesn't, it doesn't, like, obviously represent anything, you know? So it's a very weird so, title. I so just buried the Never title, unfortunately. But.
5: Yeah, real quick, do you think So they were kind of teasing Tanahashi, Shingo, in the Tag League. Uh-huh. So I and Tanahashi just beat Okan. So who actually, pinned,
3: who else pinned Shingo? David Finley pinned him. Yeah, uh, but he's probably he can't get back in the country till February.
0: What a shame!
3: I like David what Finley. I don't know why everybody hates <laughs> David <laughs> Listen,
0: Finley. I like David Finley, but I don't want a David Finley. I like David Finley, out.
5: but if my options are Shingo versus Tanahashi or Shingo versus David Finley, Finley can fuck off. I don't know why you guys. <laughs> where,
3: where, where do you think you're really they're really going to feed Tanahashi to Shingo? I don't see that at all. But I couldn't Tanahashi uh, can't
1: Tanahashi can't keep up with Shingo at this point. How Sorry. fucking dare you? <laughs> he will do
5: whatever he needs to do to keep up with that man. He's that sure man can do whatever the hell he wants.
1: He's held together by athletic tape, hairspray, and painkillers. So. <laughs> he will, well, he will that's are a lot of people.
5: make this work.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, some of the best wrestling of all time was brought to you by painkillers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
5: I mean, I, I think Tanahashi can make a match work with pretty much anyone. Uh, Shingo is included in that list. I think that match would own. I thought their exchanges and tackling were great, and you know what? Fuck it, it's happening.
3: So. Okay, it's not happy a new beginning. I can tell you that. Uh, I'll be, I'll be, uh, now, now watch it happen. Watch the challenge happen It's happening. Now it's that great. I said that out it's loud, just happy. so just so somebody can come use it on me. All right, yeah. we can we can get through these next these last two matches pretty quick. I think. Uh, uh, John,
1: you missed a match. You missed a match during the admission. What did I miss? What, not, you, That's you right.
5: Oh. That's right. You
1: did.
3: Night
5: Joke and Donnie baby.
3: I mean, it, it is so fucking funny. That they brought that feud back. Uh, I know. To, to, they brought that feud back to sell a smartphone game. Uh, like like you, people did find people watching. Who don't even know, understand that whole thing. Like, that was a, a big storyline in 2016 when Night was doing his original heel run. Uh, and like you know, he was very mad. They even mentioned this in the first in the first promo, where you know, like they, they, like New Japan said they were making some crazy financial investment in Okada. I forget the exact amount. It was like, you know, two billion yen. Million. It was what? Sorry, two two hundred million yen. Okay, I was gonna say two billion yen. So I was close. Yeah. But yeah, two hundred million yen investment, which is like you know, two million dollars. And yeah, it's a uh, and Okada. Naito made fun of that a lot and basically insulted Kadena a lot about it and was like. Oh, since you're making the two, I know you're making the two hundred million yen investment. Uh, I can't beat your boy now, and then obviously did beat him an at invasion attack, twenty sixteen, with help from Sonata during his debut. A match I was at, by the way. Uh, anyway, the uh, but yeah, the you know the the down kind of petered after that, but like it was just a like when Naito won the belt, you know he would like he would start calling out the Kidani owner, as he called him. And, like, you know, just, it, it was a whole big thing. So the fact that they're bringing that back four years later to sell a smartphone app is so fucking great. But, yeah, Kidani... People might not even know who Kidani is. He's, like, the... He's a Bushiroad executive, basically. So doesn't have a lot to do with New Japan's day-to-day operations because there's a big controversy with that when he brought in Shibata and Sakuraba and, like, you know, they were, like, saying he meddled with the in-ring too much, so he... Agreed to basically step back from that. But anyway, that's all ancient history now. It's just funny they brought it up to uh, to sell a smartphone app It's really funny. Uh, and there was like no event announcements, by the way, either. I assume because they just don't fucking know what things are going to look like after March. Uh, they just reiterated that, uh, you know, because usually, obviously, we get like a whole big year calendar. Uh, at, at Wrestle Kingdom, which we did not get this year, they just you know reiterated that the next big show in Tokyo is the anniversary show at Budokan, uh, which you know they, that was already known. So no big announcements at all, really. Uh, is
0: the uh, is the Jazzer size with Tenzan and Nagata a new thing? I think that is or, a new thing.
3: Yeah, I'm loving
0: it. That's some. That was one of my favorite things <laughs> on these shows too.
3: The third, third generation, whatever the hell it was called, I don't even remember. Uh, okay, I'm, like, falling asleep here, so let me get to this next match. Uh, the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Titles, El Desperado and Oshinobu defeat Risuke Taguchi and Master Wado. Desperado pins Taguchi in 13-20 with the Pinche Loco for their second defense. Um, I thought was, this was good. I, I don't have a ton to say about it. I thought it was a, a good match. The thing that stuck, up the, stuck out the most for me was when Taguchi did some kind of wacky move in the corner... That involved like repeatedly moving Desperado's face into his ass. And this prompted Milano to say something like, uh, that basically translates to, uh, the the new ass attacks in 2021 are amazing. Which I thought was so fucking funny. Like he was like, Sugoi, ass attacks. Uh, but you know, that's, that's like the, the highlight. So again, a good match. You know, Desperado ends up hitting the straight punch on Gucci, gives him the pinche logo for the win. Uh, nothing that blew me away or anything, but like Wado didn't, you know, embarrass himself out there or anything. Like you, like I think people, you know, acted like they were so worried about. You know, I thought he was fine, and I thought the match was good. I went like three and a half stars. You know, not a ton to say about it. Uh, like I don't remember how I started with last time, so I think it's, I think it's your turn to go, John. What did you think here?
0: Yeah, it was just it was a wrestling match. I, <laughs> I like I like the people in it. You know, that sounds like I didn't like it. There's not a lot to say. I thought Wado was cool he had a cool dive
3: yeah the diver's really cool
0: what's that move he does that uh it was his finisher in cmll for a while um
3: it's He's like the fucking side driver thing i can never i don't really like
0: crucifix it's almost like a crucifix but yeah, he flips you over i
3: have no that, idea
0: that move i always moved... just call it
3: a, i always call it a side driver which doesn't describe anything really i'll, I'll <laughs> use that
1: that sounds cool <laughs> uh it's called it's called the resident Mente, i believe one more one, I, more, I, one
3: more time I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'll I definitely. Admit... No, Wait, you want to type that one in the chat for you? Okay. <laughs> I was like, I'll definitely, I'll definitely remember that. Thank you, Liam. Uh, Chris, Sips. thank you. Chris, what do you got here about the junior tag team championship?
4: Yeah, same. Not a ton to say about it. It was a good match. um I same deal. I like that they didn't just bounce the titles for the sake of bouncing the titles. I didn't think it was time for Watto and Taguchi. They seemed like just a. You know, like, they, they've got history together and all that, but they don't seem like a team that should be dethroning um, uh, Kanemaru and Desperado. So I think there's more for them to do here. Hopefully lift the division up a little bit more and, and maybe keep getting Desperado on the on the shows and, and set him up for something cool as, as he kind of progresses.
3: Yeah, I totally agree with you, by the way, because, like, you know, Death being Kanemaru, they're, in canon, the second most successful Junior Team Champions of all time. I mean, they had the second longest reign ever, and with their previous reign, uh, you know, it was ended by Punky 3K, who were you know a total. Oh no, wait, no, it was ended by Shingo and Bushi. which were, were you know that they were a very strong team. You know, Shingo was like this undefeated powerhouse, and you know Ibushi's a former junior champion. Uh, you know, they they beat Hiromu and twice in a or three times in a row. In the fall, it would have felt really stupid to go from them beating Hiromunbushi three times in a row to losing to Wato and Toguchi here at the Tokyo Dome. So I'm glad they didn't do that. I mean, I have no idea who they're going to defend against next, but I am glad they did not do that. Uh, what did you think? I get uh, sorry, Liam. God, I'm falling asleep. <laughs> um, I know.
1: I know who they're defending against next. I think it's pretty obvious, actually. Okay. Um, who? Yeah. Um, Two sleazy dirtbags from a club that we all know and love.
3: I have no idea what you're talking about.
1: I'm talking about ELP and. Oh, okay. Yeah, because yeah, <laughs> yeah. they are li- literally the only other junior tag team. That's true.
3: That's a good yeah.
1: point. Yeah. yeah. Um, so my housemate, I'm living downstairs at the moment with this broken leg thing. My housemate walked in right as Taguchi was slamming his ass into Desperado's face, <laughs> and um. I, I've never really felt more mortified watching wrestling. It was one of those, <laughs> I've got a lot of explaining to do moments. Um, but aside from that, this was a Desperado Kanemaru Jr. tag match, which means it rules. Um, and I thought um, Wato and Takuchi both acquitted themselves really well out there. That. Um, um,
3: yeah, that's, that's about it. What did you think here, Jeff?
5: Well, unfortunately for you, I have a twenty-minute parable prepared for this oh, match. Oh God, please. Jeff, I,
3: I will pass. <laughs> I out. I
5: don't. I don't. I don't. Okay. I was. I, it was a match that happened. I don't know. I don't have any strong feelings about the match itself. Uh, my I wish my, adre-
3: my adrenaline my adrenaline is wearing off, and now I'm just like, oh yeah, I slept four hours in the past like two days. So yeah, uh,
5: I I I wish better things for Despy. That's yeah.
3: it. Uh, That's well, he's i don't know why is everybody act like being one half of the geo tag team champions is nothing i mean it's not nothing i think it's because the division is
0: the division like they're cool they're a team and Rapongi is a team but mm. I, I, I don't i don't remember them ever i don't remember the, the the tag teams feeling so like thrown together and scattered even in that division as they do now i feel mm. like there was always at least two like teams that were cool and were exciting
3: Yeah. And that, I guess. I'm just
5: stealing, I'm just stealing this theory, but I don't think Gato actually knows the Junior Tag Team Division exists. I just think they walk out there, and he's just like, "Oh, they're out."
4: Uh, I have a feeling Gato knows that that division exists. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're thinking of Noah. Yeah, <laughs>
3: That's true. Uh, okay, match number one. Many thoughts about this, I'm sure. The Provisional KOPW 2021 Toriano defeats Bushi Uh, in 7.34 by pinfall to become the provisional KOPW 2021. Uh, Now, people were like, I saw people on Twitter be like, why is uh, Yano now go back to having a tiny trophy? You see, he won the big trophy for being the final KOPW 2020 and he gets to take that trophy home. Presumably, he can put it in his fucking sports bar in Tokyo that he actually shoe owns. That's not a gimmick. He has a fucking sports bar in Tokyo, very, very close to Corkin Hall. You could, you could walk there and like, and the Tokyo Dome obviously because those two buildings are close to each other. Yeah, you could walk to his, Yano's bar in like five minutes, probably from Corkin. Maybe ten minutes, I don't know. But you could go display it there. You could display it in his house, whatever he wants to do. That trophy's done. Now he gets a new tiny trophy because he is once again the provisional. King of pro wrestling. He has to defend this thing all year long. Frankly, I hope he just holds it forever. He should just... This should be the Yano Memorial KOPW. Like, when people were freaking out yesterday on the, on the fucking Rambo. And like, oh... Why do we have these four? It's like... Good! Keep everyone... Keep... I don't want a Roki Godo fucking around with the KOPW. Like, even now he should be above that. It's like, this fucking thing sucks. It's stupid as hell. No one even wants it. If it has to exist, it should be bad luck, folly doing a finger or uh, doing a finger poke of doom to chase owens that that should be the quality of this trophy so yeah of course this match sucked of course it didn't matter uh you know i mean it was the only bad thing on the show and i I don't know what to say fucking sucks and it's not gonna go away so at least it's you know it's on toriano and he'll do toriano things i mean what else is there to say about it uh, Jeff, anything you want to say about the provisional KOPW twenty twenty
5: one? Yeah, John, I'd like to thank you for having me on because I have fucking nothing to say about
3: this. night, <laughs> okay. folks, uh,
1: uh Yes, I do have something to say about this. It's very poignant, and I hope you listen very carefully. It's uh, you know I'll keep it short and concise. Um, fuck Chase Owens. <laughs>
3: okay. Uh, the, Man that, after my heart. That's it. Okay. Uh, Chris, what do you have to say about this? Nothing. <laughs> J- uh, John, the big baby. Like... Uh,
0: El Fantasma is a good wrestler. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> uh, no, you know what I did want to say, though? I woke up this morning and I was thinking about uh, how the, the end of the Rambo finished with uh, Yano winning before he even got to the ring. I just wanted to say that's a, that's a good bit. Uh, that's my favorite moment in KOPW history <laughs> uh, real highlight uh, no I don't, I don't I don't even know what happened in this match I looked at it I saw it but, well
3: this uh... I so uh, that's the other thing like, we were in the voice wrestling slack it was like me Joel Abraham of the Super J cast Jojo Remy who lives over in Japan we were all talking about like our favorite Japanese ramen spots and like I, uh, this uh, this match could have been fucking Masama Kobashi for all I know because I, I really did not pay any attention to it at all so I don't I don't know anything about you know it was not <laughs> it was not okay <laughs> I didn't think this it was
5: re- but... this match has revived my hatred for whites sorry Jay
3: <laughs> but yes uh, I didn't I, I didn't star wait, rate wait, it because... wait wait a
1: minute hold on there's only one like never mind uh,
3: I didn't star rate it because <laughs> I didn't actually watch it so there you go uh, there was two Stardom opening matches which. We cannot watch because uh, Japanese TV networks can't get along. Uh, Utami Hashishida, Sami, uh, Saya Kamitani, and Azumi defeated Maika, Himika, and Natsupoi. Uh, Saya pinned Natsupoi in 9.48 with the Phoenix Flash, And then also Mayu Ritani and T- Tom Nakano lost to Julia and uh, Julia pinned Tom Nakano in 12.49 with the Glorious Driver. Uh, I think... Stardom will put them up. I think that's what happened last year, right? Anyone know? I feel like that did happen. Uh, I don't know. Someone could uh, answer in the chat or on the or on the show if they know. I just don't remember.
5: I certainly feel like twenty twenty happened.
3: Okay. Uh, but yeah, so and more by the way, and Starwind in the chat wanted to know what's next for Naito. I think he's going to take it easy for like the next three months or so. Uh, oh, okay. Velky says the match never went up, so I guess they never. I mean, he would know. So I guess we'll never, you'll never yeah. see those two matches, folks. I'm very, <laughs> I apologize. Uh, but anyway, so yeah, he wanted to know what's next for Naito. I think Naito's going to like just take a couple months where he's not doing much of anything, honestly. I mean, that's my prediction. Maybe he'll do like, maybe he, Bushi, and uh, Horomu can go for the Never Six Van titles or something. Like, that man needs a rest. Like, his knees yeah. are, his knees are made of rubber. He had to carry an entire G one block by himself and like he's gonna take a few months here.
5: But speaking of somebody being kept together with paper clips and painkillers and hairspray. Yeah. Naito also fits <laughs> that description. But yeah, point.
3: he's gonna he's gonna take a break and then I I mean if anyone who thinks he's gonna anyone thinks he's like never going to be near the title again is in for a rude awakening because I know the, the NATO haters are probably hoping that and I've, I've already seen some of them say that but like no he would not go he would not go backstage and say he'll be back in the Tokyo Dome main event if he wasn't going to be back in the Tokyo Dome main event you'd think people would learn their lesson with that when he said he was going to uh, you know, be the first double champion. Everybody was like, "Oh, maybe he's just going to the for himself." Or, like all year long in 2019, people tried to pretend like, "Oh, Naito could just be talking." Duh, 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 duh. And it's like now he's he made that happen. Him and, Knight,
5: him and Okada are still both under 40. They're gonna do that in the fucking dome again and draw a full house. Yeah, the like,
3: Naito and Okada will be in Tokyo Dome event next year, probably next year. That's pretty much my prediction. Uh, but I guess we'll. But he, I think for the next few months he'll be, you know, taking a little bit of a backseat, and that's fine. I mean, you know, they cycle guys up and down. is what they do.
1: He's going to uh, go a job to Kadani Dominion.
3: True, job to Kadani. Okay, so let's wrap this up with some plugs. Uh, I'll start with you, Chris, because you probably had the most to plug. So go ahead.
4: Uh, just sportofprowrestling dot com. You can find all my statistical work and 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 uh, research pieces. Uh other than that, Twitter, the Chris Samsa, T H E C H R S S A M S A. Um yeah, I'll keep it succinct tonight.
3: <laughs> uh John, anything you want to plug? Uh
0: yeah, uh, my uh sorry, I just <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: um okay John, plug. John would like uh, to
3: plug his uh Among uh, Us games where he uh, I don't. I don't. I actually don't even remember what the fuck you do in those games. I'm just, I'm just a just a baby, baby. You just kind of exist, yeah. And so I can't yeah. be. I can't be like uh, if you if you're a Griffin, I'd be like where you lie like you're a sociopath. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. Griffin <was> a, <laughs> a piece that. <of> shit. <laughs> um, Follow me on uh, Twitter, if you want, at uh, Fat Man's All Right. I do uh, I voices of wrestling stuff. I do music stuff. I play in a band called Timeshares. I play for uh, songwriters named Maxwell Stern and Roger Harvey. Search all those things on Music Things, and you'll, and you'll probably find me playing guitar somewhere. Uh, and it was very cool to be on with Chris, Liam, and Jeff. Thanks
1: for having me. Uh, let's all go to bed.
3: Liam, why do you got the plug?
1: Um, you can find me on Twitter at Liam underscore D underscore McCann where I talk about lots of things that are not pure and I thirst over Jake Lee. Uh,
3: and finally, Jeff, we want to plug?
5: Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Jeff under, uh, underscore Andrews21. Uh, I am doing an article this month in uh, Monthly Pure Risu, so you can look out for that, and I occasionally write on VOW, so that's about it.
3: All righty. Uh, of course, folks, you can follow us on Twitter at WrestleOmakase, wrestling wouldn't fit. Uh, I want to send a special shout-out to everybody who listened uh, to this live. Uh, you know, Thank you for getting up early with us, and I hope you enjoyed listening live. Uh, you, can, Of course, the patrons got early access to this too, so if we ever do anything like this again in the future, which we definitely will do for Wrestling Wrestle Kingdom again next year, uh, maybe we'll do it for some other bigger shows later this year too. We'll see. But yeah, I mean, you you want to sign up at patreon.com slash wrestlingomikase for only $5. And that will get you access the next time we do anything like this. Uh, Of course, to everything else we do on there too. All the historical content, all the tournament coverage, all the stuff coming up in 2021. Uh, But yes, thank you for your support if you are a patron. Uh, Thank you for listening if you're just listening on the free feed. And we will see you next time.